This is Impact Wrestling's Madman Fulton, and you're listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You're now listening to the Dark Match Podcast. Let's go live into the studio for this week's episode. going on not much man how are you doing doing okay yeah you, you've been out in the sun all day drinking hell enjoying yeah. life i think we also need to just start off because this is the first show since we got all of our fun new toys we did get all of our fun new toys we have the first uh, dark match studio finally up and running and a couple more and accessories. And Shannon's already laughing at us yes she is she is she's still not over the <laughs> fact that i told her that i was going to the store to look yeah yeah all new toys fun new toys fun new toys <laughs> fun toys why okay Shut up, yeah in the background <laughs> it's it's like we have a secondary guest in the background i guess but yeah i went to uh, i went to the store i couldn't take uh continuous technical difficulties no 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 it was terrible it, and it was constant too and it, it seemed like for the longest time we were uh Praying I th- that I think our, would work. Yeah, because I think our biggest thing was uh, Caljack the other week. That I think yes. that was kind of the that straw was that broke the camel's problem. back. Yeah, no, the straw that broke the camel's back was a interview that was recorded last last weekend um, on Friday. I wouldn't know what you're talking about. I was no, there. You were not there. But Son of a bitch. I no, and Karma came back and bit me in the ass because uh, it didn't work, and it was a good two hour conversation that unfortunately did not record well hey we still had a nice two-hour conversation we did we did we had a very fun conversation although we haven't had a very fun two weeks to to say the least we, we didn't have an episode last week we we had to we had to call it off we we had intentions of recording but hey, uh, we did yeah life has a a fun way of, of getting in the way of that it does oh yeah so Long story short, obviously, we, we posted the picture uh, on social media uh, of me in a hospital room because I just couldn't take it anymore. Mind you, I asked, and not getting too personal, I asked if I could go to the doctor during work, and I was told to go to urgent care after work. That's where I just get up and it's leave like, and okay, say, It's like, okay, yeah, because I, I can just leave my kids at home with a babysitter that needs to leave by a certain time. Yeah, that seems appropriate. Yeah, whatever it may be. Yeah. So, had to end up going in. Stop looking at her right now. Stop looking <laughs> my, Stop looking at me, Swan. Quit looking at me, Swan. Oh, my God. You need to stop drinking. You really need to stop drinking. Actually, no, now you need to keep drinking. No, now that it's late, now I'm just getting tired slap and happy. loopy. Yeah. Yeah, very slap happy. But uh, it f- turns out, uh, I've, I, I don't know if it's official yet. I have to go see another specialist, but... Turns out I may have been uh, misdiagnosed uh, a few years ago, believe it or not. So, not trying to get too personal, but I, I do You're have. Just old. Yes, I am, and the diagnosis that I got proves that I'm old. Um, I thought that I was going in because I was having chronic gout pains, uh, something that I've dealt with since I was like 22 years old. Turns out, 
I have rheumatoid arthritis, which uh, is is a whole lot of fun. But one thing that w- was accomplished in said doctor's appointment was something that hasn't been done in many, many, many years. They took an X-ray of my foot. Now, something you and I talked about a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Yeah, hey, maybe you should have this done." Yeah, maybe you should uh, have that looked at. <laughs> yeah, and my wife has yeah. probably <laughs> looked at me and said the same thing like over and over again. The the <laughs> lady <laughs> gets the X-ray and literally looks at me and says. How can you walk? I'm like, what are you talking about? And she just starts pointing at stuff. She's like, like, and I'm putting this on the airways right now. So I'm probably, and the if and the if I'm and the if is wrong. breaking the the rules right now. But who gives a shit? Because she looks at me and says, "I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I've been doing this for 30 years. That does not look right, nor does it look. No. I know, right? So yeah, I have to go see like a specialist for. Uh, a potential botched surgery that I had when I was 12 years old. Well, no fucking shit. Yeah, I know, right? So, fun talks right there, so... Yeah. But, digressing from there, and a good so way more, to... So more, yeah, so more medical fun. Yeah, more medical fun in the, the American health system uh, at its finest with botched surgeries and... Hashtag America. Uh, hashtag America or hashtag Canada, my friend. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. No, we're, but, not gonna, no, we're not going to promote Canada. Are you fucking kidding me? I, I want to move to Canada. I don't want to promote Canada. I want to move there. I want yeah, them to promote there. me to Canadian. But anyway. Why would well, you? We no, have, no, Canadians go in reverse, dude. You don't want to be. Prom- you can't get promoted to Canadian. Why not? I can get upgraded to Canadian. No, you can't. Is that a downgrade? Can I plead my Fifth Amendment rights? Good call. So, we had a very exciting interview today. Very exciting interview. Dude, was fun as shit. Yeah. Someone that we have been trying to get on the show for over a year now. Finally, uh, and, and he's had a couple references on our show, too. Uh, he had a couple yes, name drops from a couple different guests, but w- we've been planning on having him on for close to a year. Could never get the schedules to line up, but finally, we were able to do so, so... Let, let's just get right into it right now. Let's and get rolling. Let, let's get rolling. You, you need another drink. On the line with us right now, a year in the making, we have none other than the six-star booty, JT Energy. How you doing? I am doing just delightful on this, uh, this lovely night. I'm very excited to talk to you guys and see where this, uh, see where this journey takes us. I'm excited to see where this takes us as well, because you are our first guest in our new studio. Previously, we've been recording elsewhere. Now we have the Dark Match Studios up and running, which is really exciting at this oh, point. Oh, dude, I'm excited. I'm comfy. For like the first time in a long time, I'm comfy. We got football on, and we need a bigger <laughs> screen. We need a bigger screen. So next investment, bigger, bigger TV. Absolutely. Bigger TV for the studio, but... First and foremost, how 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 comfy is this chair? Let's let's get to more important things. We are going to get to more important things, and we're going to get into JT Energy right now. I want to take a couple steps back. Obviously, now one thing that we mentioned before we started recording is he is a huge gamer, and I, I didn't I didn't bring you into this because we know how you are with gaming. You got me back into the gaming world. Yes, sir. So. You're, thank you so much. You're My welcome. wife truly appreciates you right now. Ah. But 
we were kind of talking about games that even in our past and even in the present and ones that we're looking forward to. I have to ask JT, what is the game right now that has you just absolutely hooked right now? You know, like I don't have I don't have any like new games that I will ever like I don't know, seek out. Every now and then I end up having a little bit of fun and like playing one or I'll download a demo or something like that. But if I have some free time and I'm ready to kill, I don't know, an hour here, two hours there, and I just want to like get some nostalgia in and have some fun, usually I'm probably playing like Nintendo 64. Oh, I'm man. Probably, I, I do not have uh, WWF No Mercy, which I wish I did. But I do have WWF WrestleMania 2000. And so I usually pop, will pop that in. And as far as like that just gaming engine, No Mercy is probably my favorite game of all time. But since I don't have that, we'll always usually just end up reverting straight to WrestleMania 2000. And I can play around with that for so long. And just it's it's one of those things where it never gets old. I don't know what it no. is about the player the setup but those nintendo 64 titles wcw nwo revenge even even uh like wcw nwo that very first one that had that engine like just that gameplay and that style i love it i absolutely love it i don't know if there's anything better there's some really great wrestling titles that have come come and gone but that's always my go-to there's a lot of debate over that too like which one is better wwf no mercy or WWF WrestleMania 2000. There's like a like an underground war over which one was the better gameplay. Now, I know we've discovered on previous episodes you've never played NWO WCW Revenge. That was the one. I, I'm like, which one were you yell- guys yelling at me about before? It, it was WCW NWO Revenge. Yeah, I still haven't gotten it. Yeah, you need to get on that shit already. Oh, boy. Like, I, I almost think it's like a necessity. Yes. If you ever, if you ever played No Mercy... In WrestleMania 2000, if you go back and you play WCW NWO Revenge, you can appreciate what really set that apart that the WWF people took and just oh they stole it license and said hey that was great but you know what we can tweak it and we can make it even better for what these people are asking for because the the things that they improved from the WCW versus NWO versus the NWO Revenge game or the versus the World game, the first one versus the second one, it was like game changing. You couldn't even believe it. And then when WWF took those titles over, you just couldn't even think it would get better. And I really did think that it peaked at No Mercy. And I think there's such a hardcore base that wishes that they could somehow redo that same type of like style of today's superstars in that video game. Oh my god! I think people would lose their minds if that happened somehow. Uh, well, they tried it with like they they tried it with like a, I think it was like a cell phone game. Like it, it's for like, it's for your mobile, and they went with like the same technology and like the same art of like the WWF No Mercy and mm-hmm. NWO Revenge. Yeah, I, tried, think I know what. Yeah, like I think, it, but like they put something weird into it too. Like it was like you had to beat some puzzles or something and then you got like a certain amount of po- I don't know oh, they yeah. just made I think it, weird. it was it was weird it was like champions or legends oh. of I, I don't even know what it was called but we can talk about video games we're gonna we're definitely gonna circle back to this to be honest because we're, we're gonna talk about video games all day and all yeah. night 
But we want to get to know a little bit more about you. Obviously, first and foremost, where are you from? Well, I was born and raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where I lived for the first 10 years of my life. That's where I kind of was born and bred. But I was taken to Iowa by uh, my mom and my dad because my mom's family. They're from up here, and they sought out a better life for myself and my sister um, because they thought the schooling up here in the state of Iowa was better. And I'm sure at the time it was, um, whether I could comprehend what life was or wasn't when I was 10 years old, but we moved up to Iowa in a little bitty town called Thor, just like the superhero, but way less impressive. And uh, that's <laughs> where I, I kind of went from there. And I've been in the state of Iowa ever since and popped around as I went to college and things of that nature, but hasn't, haven't left in a long time now. So, Now, what was that experience like being 10 years old? You, you, I'm sure at that point you're probably in fourth or fifth grade. You probably have your entire life there, and your parents just look at you just out of the clear blue and just say, "Hey, I know you've uh, you've gotten pretty accustomed to the Tulsa, Oklahoma lifestyle, but we're moving to Thor, Iowa." What was that experience like? I mean, you pretty much think your life's over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, when you're ten years old and someone tells you, "Hey, uh, the house that you know, the school that you know, the friends that you know, all those things." we're going to go ahead and just leave them um, because the distance from uh, Tulsa to like Thor, that's a good like nine, 10 hour drive. So it's not like all of a sudden I'm going to be able to visit as much as we want. Those visits came few and far between. When I lived in Oklahoma, we would visit Iowa maybe once, twice a year. You know, that was our nice little family vacation. So that way we could see both sides of the family. But once we moved up here and I went from kind of living in, I don't know, somewhat of a city area where I wasn't very far from things. When I moved to Iowa and you come to this super small town life, well, my small town has a post office and it has a restaurant and that's it, which means oh, if I'm if I'm bored, I can't just go and, I don't know, get a candy bar and a Gatorade at the gas station. I can't go rent a video game. I can't go watch a movie. Like that's that's where you kind of get sucked into your own house and you go, OK, I can go outside and play basketball or find my friends and we can ride our bikes or, you know, you get sucked into that small town life where you just start figuring out stuff that you can do to pass time, which in my part usually was, OK, well, I'm bored. So I either want to watch TV or I want to play video games. The stereotypical one light town. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think that's, like, the poster for, like, they probably just take a picture of Thor, Iowa, and they're like, hey, One Night Town is probably what they do. Yeah, anybody I've ever introduced to uh, my small town, I always tell them, I go, okay, I'll let you know when we enter it, and then I'll let you know when we leave it, because you're not going to realize what just happened, because it is. It's two stop signs, and then it's gone, and you go oh my gosh, we're already out. And I'm like, yeah, man, we got to drive like 15 minutes if we want to go do anything at all. Have you ever thought about running for mayor? <laughs> I I don't know if I uh, if I want that type of responsibility of a small town. Why not? You can make it like Petopia from like Family Guy <laughs> where you just like decide like, hey, we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to leave the United States. We're our own nation. We're now like the 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 country of thor 
and then just go from there. No, it's just going to be like walking tall. He's just going to become the sheriff. <laughs> that would actually be pretty funny. I would I, I would stream that like all day. Just with one less ca- drug-riddled casino. Yes. It, it would I, be like the, the post office is like it is it's overcharging for stamps or something. I don't know. <laughs> the The crazy thing is, is like it seems like all of those small Iowa towns, the one thing I've noticed from, you know, talking to, uh, you know, my parents and just because once once you live in a small town, all they know is small town gossip. And that's what I see people get sucked into is they only know their town. And they know everybody in the town, so everybody all of a sudden only knows everybody's business. And every time I go back, my mom is like, they'll try to tell me something about one of the neighbors, and she's like, you know so-and-so. And I'm like, I don't remember so-and-so, but sure, go ahead and tell your story. Because she wants to inform me of stuff that I have no idea what's going on. And then when she tells me about what's going on, I'm like, so all the old people are running the town and when the middle-aged people try to take over and take a spot, then the old people get mad. And it's just this never-ending cycle of, you're right, I'm wrong. No, I'm right, you're wrong. I find myself just going, okay, I'm going to go back to my world of putting my spandex and tights on. I'll see you guys after a while. Go ahead and go back to the small-town life. I'm going to go live in fantasy land and be an awesome pro wrestler. And the fact that you also probably, I'm assuming you don't currently live there. No, no. Uh, that she needs that, that she needs somebody to tell everything to. Yeah, yeah. I think it was uh, me and me and my sister were destined for two very different lives. She turned into um, I wanted to get married, have some kids. She lives a couple blocks from my parents, also in Thor. So grandma and grandpa are close to help take care of my nieces, uh, my niece and nephews. So like they're there for her support, and that's great. But I was never one to just want to just come back to the small town and live that small town life. And there's nothing wrong with it for the people that want to. It's just something in my DNA just told me, you know what, this isn't what you were destined for. This isn't what this isn't where you need to be. Yeah, like the, I look back at like our hometown, like it wasn't like believe it or not, it wasn't it wasn't that big. Like you could. It was probably like two miles wide, and that's about it. But three and a half or four? It wasn't three and a half. Yeah, it is actually. Is it really? Yeah, dude, it's a it's almost a mile and a half from my place to the park, and it's two miles from the park to my parents' place. So yeah, it's about three and a half, four miles wide. Oh, yeah, well, I'm horrible at geography. I guess you're welcome. Thank you, thank you. But like, we l- grew up in like a very small town, but yet everyone knew each other and everyone lived on top of each other. Essentially, yeah. like I could. I could stick my hand out my window and like high five I, the neighbor. <laughs> high five the neighbor. Yeah, it was like, it, but everyone knew everything. I can't even imagine like living in like his town. Obviously, she like his mom reached out to him because everyone already knows the gossip. See, but that's the whole town, Pat. Like ours would be like a two block radius. True. Growing up, obviously, you, you move at the age of ten. What was that transition like going from Tulsa, Oklahoma, to Thor, Iowa, and? obviously you can't really go outside and and like you mentioned like go to the movie store go to the gas station get a candy bar and a gatorade or anything like that was that how wrestling kind of came into the fold uh there was a little bit of wrestling in my life um before i moved i would say the wrestling bug had already bit me so i was already i was a fan of wrestling 
and I was excited to have wrestling in my life before I moved. And the one thing that you get from wrestling, especially when you're a little kid, is you have friends that you bond with it over. And when I was about to lose those friends, it was like starting from scratch. But the great thing is when you move somewhere, even if you don't know people, the first time you see someone that has a wrestling shirt on or they're carrying around a wrestling magazine or you hear about people that are going to get together and you see that they're playing a wrestling video game, you kind of you kind of get drawn in. You go, OK, here's my people. Here's the guys that maybe their parents are going to get the pay-per-view and we're going to be able to watch it. So things were hard and sure they sucked, but the transition became easier you find hobbies in your life that bring yourself together with others. And luckily I've had wrestling in my life for a long, long time. When you first got into wrestling, who, what characters kind of cultivated you? What, who kind of, I who guess drew you, you in. Yeah. Like who, what characters was it a, like a particular person or was it just the overall uh, atmosphere of the, that life? I, when, when I was initially living in Oklahoma, that's where I got bit by the wrestling bug. And I got bit by the wrestling bug because of the ability to go to my local A to Z video store. And they had a section. They had the VHS tapes. We all know the 90s VHS tapes had the coolest covers in the world, which instantly sucked in little kids. And they had them marketed to a T. So those are the characters that I instantly got drawn to, especially your Hulk Hogan's, Ultimate Warriors, Macho Man's. And then when you get to watching those things, then you get to see other people like Mr. Perfect, Roddy Piper, Kurt Henning, um, the Road Warriors, you know, those guys, anybody that was a larger than life character that really kind of had a lot of color to who they were. Those are the guys that kind of sucked me in, especially when you're a little kid and you think everything is just amazing because Halloween rolls around and guess what you want to be? These awesome flashy characters that you just saw. Last year you wanted to be a ninja and you were in all white or black because you love G.I. Joe and you wanted to be Storm Shadow. But now you want to be the Macho Man Randy Savage the next year because you got to watch a VHS tape. Now, out of all those people that you kind of mentioned, you you say Macho Man Randy Savage, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hanning. What character overall, if you were like looking at your... Now, we're not going to make the same mistake we did with Ryan Cassidy. So, like on your Mount Rushmore, not not Mount Everest, not Mount Everest, but your Mount Rushmore, <laughs> who, who would you say are your individuals? Um, whenever I hear people talk about like that Mount Rushmore, uh, the Mount Rushmore question, I always wish that it could be done by, I think it should be done by eras that you're a fan of. I agree. Um, so like, because when everybody goes, oh man, these guys are the best because like, it'd be the same thing if you ask like, Hey, let's do the Mount Rushmore of football. That's like impossible. You would have to be like, okay, how about 90s quarterbacks? And people would be like, okay, that's easier. I got my guys. Oh, yeah. So if I like look at my uh, look at my life and who's my Mount Rushmore of my life, the people that like sucked me in and I was like, these are my guys. So if I, if I go, okay, who sucked me into pro wrestling? Who is the character that I was like, oh, man, he's my dude right when I get to see it. A lot of times for my age, Hulk Hogan would have been that guy. But I think Macho Man was the guy. Macho Man was the guy that really stood apart. And I would say, like, his outfits are really what took him to the next level in my eyes because he wasn't the standard uh, black and yellow or all yellow Hulkamania. 
he was pizzazz and flash and everything that you could want out of someone who's an individual. So if I look at my 80s wrestling life, I'm like, okay, Macho Man, he's 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 up there on my mountain. Now, when it transitions to the next part of, I don't know, our 90s, that's when I'm, you know, I'm a kid. I'm leaving Oklahoma. I'm coming to Iowa. Things are starting to change in wrestling. We would we would probably say this was going through a lull. This is your Bret Hart era. But Bret Hart wasn't my guy. I like Bret Hart. But the guy in that era that really stood out to me that I thought was cool was Diesel. It was Razor Ramon and Diesel, but Diesel was my guy. I thought he was super cool. He wore all black leather. He had that sick power bomb. There was nobody cooler than Big Daddy Cool in the 90s. And I absolutely loved it. And I would say all these guys are probably going to fall into the WWF, WWE side because I didn't get heavily enough into WCW for any of those guys to make an impact the way that the WWF did. So I got my Macho Man and I got my Diesel. And then we start to float into our, our Attitude Era, right? Well, the guy who stood out to me in the Attitude Era he wasn't he wasn't at the top. He wasn't the main event. He was the guy that made himself an individual who in my life as a teenager at that time, he stood out to me. And that was Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hell Hardy yeah. Jeff Hardy's my number one day one. So I love wrestling, but Jeff Hardy made me become wrestling. From what I dressed like to my attitude, how I wanted to live my life. Now I learned more about Jeff Hardy as I got older and some of the things he did extracurricular are not the things that I do extracurricular. So that doesn't speak to me, but who he was on screen, who he portrayed, how he lived his life. Jeff Hardy was me and I wanted to be Jeff Hardy. And once I got sucked in and I got a little older and I said, okay, what do I want to do? Who do I want to be? That's, that's kind of today's day and age. That's the last, I don't know, 10 years, let's say. And if I want to round it out on who I loved absolutely in pro wrestling, uh, you know what? Number four I'm going to put on my mountain is Batista. Batista? Batista. Really? Batista. So once... We had our, our, our kind of John Cena era or uh, ruthless, ruthless aggression, let's call it, okay? So during that time period, we had Triple H, who was the ultimate heel. And it seemed like absolutely no one could beat him. And he just it, he was on the TV every single Monday night with that stupid world title, and no one could defeat him until... Batista turned on him in evolution. And the night that that happened, I lost my fucking shit. I thought that was the coolest thing to see him get that push and hit him again with the sick Batista bomb. And once they gave him, uh, you know, the prefer- proverbial ball and said, hey, man, you run with it. That theme music, I will play it in my car if I'm going to the gym and I still get jacked. Oh, yeah. Just listening to Batista's theme all the time oh that's on my workout man. yeah so like you know I, if i'm if i'm gonna make my mount rush more and again that's that's the guys that speak to my life the ones that i think made a huge influence 
that sucked me in deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's just, you know, before I got into pro wrestling, because again, based on where I trained and the people that I love nowadays, if I was going to round out people that shaped my life on why I love professional wrestling, you got Macho Man Randy Savage, you got Diesel, you have Jeff Hardy, and you have Batista. Like, side note, when it comes to his theme music, one of my favorite videos of all time, do you see the video from this past WrestleMania with uh, Xavier Woods? where oh, he's, he's up, up, down, down? Yeah. Stuff. Oh, I love it. No, like, he's standing in, like, the aisle way. Like, and this was, like, right after, like, Kofi won. And he had to run away from the celebration. He's like, bro, like Batista's music is about Dude, to hit. Yeah. He's like standing in yeah. like, yeah, like literally just screaming it at the top of his. And like now I can't even hear Batista's music without thinking about Xavier Woods just rocking the hell out. Like one of the funniest videos I've seen in a long time. But yeah. it, it just, it's cool to see because like, yes, like he's a professional wrestler. But like the kid in us is just yeah. like. Like when I heard the Hardy Boys music, at, we're not going to talk about it. I'm no. sorry, but when I heard the Hardy Boys music at WrestleMania 33, like, dude, I was like, I was 12 again. Yeah, um, I like lost my shit. Dude, I, I was sc- did too. I was screaming my head off. I didn't have a voice for like a, uh, at least 24 to 36 hours. See, but, but now I totally have Batista's theme <laughs> in my head. Oh, I'm I've been singing it since he said it too. I'm like, yes, like. <laughs> Oh my god! Like we're just gonna do WWF karaoke right now? Is that what we're gonna do? Is that where this episode's going? You gotta go with and and the fun the fun part is is wrestling fans. You can't just sing a song because then you start to do the mannerisms of their entrance. And with Batista, you start machine gunning, and your friends know what you're doing. <laughs> and you fucking hit that big pyro where it blows up. Oh yeah, you know exactly. What you you hey. do the chest pat too, and then the oh, final yeah. just boom at the end. The, the chest pat, the smack of the ground, and the machine. Yes, gun. exactly. You have to. It's like whenever you hear. Uh, like earlier today, I was I was on uh, I, I I took a deep dive into Spotify, a- as you advised, and <laughs> and this fire by Killswitch Engage came on, which was CM Punk's original oh, theme music yeah, yeah. before he came back with Cult, Cult of Personality. Personality. Like, would you like to try that again, Cult of Personality? You were talking too, and these headphones are really loud. I'm sorry, great job, Pat. but Cult of Personality. Yeah, I got it that time. Yay! <laughs> but that came on. Literally, I'm screaming my head off, like as if he was like coming out in Chicago at Money in the Bank. It was fantastic. Yeah. My kids still won't talk to me though, because they were in the car at the time. But <laughs> it, it, I, I get to control the the music, so it, they get to put up with whatever I put on. But they love Judas though. 
That that's their favorite song. They ask for it in the morning too. So, um, oh my god, we'll 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 jump on that here in a second. We may but, have, yeah, we may have to get okay. So we got video games, and we're gonna have to circle back to some music. Well, yeah, well, like I mean, <laughs> this is all him. This is his interview, so we can do whatever the hell we want. That's but true. So Jeff Hardy, obviously, is the person that kind of cultivated you when you were growing up. What necessarily about him kind of overall just painted that picture of you know like. Was it, it just the fact that he was different from everyone else, or and you kind of felt that way because here you are going into a new city, you're like used to a big town atmosphere, and then here you are with these kids that probably have known each other from the second they were born, and you're like this outsider. Is is that what kind of cultivated you towards Jeff Hardy? I I think I think so. So like when you're in middle school. Let's say, let's say, because when I moved up here, it's like fifth grade, right? And then you transition through middle school, which is an awkward time for a fucking boy anyway. Like, all of a sudden, you realize, oh, shit, I like girls. Girls like me. I have a hard dick. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. You have no idea what's going on. Oh, it's... This is going to be so hard. I'm stick still, and it hurts to call. It hurts to laugh. God. Like, first and foremost, when you're going through that period of your life, you have no idea what's going on in the first place. You think you do, but you don't. And so you know you're going to hit puberty. You know all of a sudden you're going to have the boys in one class and the girls in another class, and they're going to talk to the girls about periods, and they're going to talk to the dudes about fucking a wet dream that you're going to end up having. And, hey, we're going to try to get you through this middle part of your life, which is messed up in the first place. Flashbacks. Oh, God. So they they try to do a good job, and you can't really do a good job of that part of anyone's life because even if you're embarrassed, like, you don't want to ask questions. And if you do ask questions, you don't even want to hear answers because no one's going to be blunt with you about that stuff. Yeah. So you don't know what's going on in the first place of your life. So what do you revert back to? Hey, you know what? I don't know what's going on, but I got wrestling. So I'm going to watch these guys. But I look at wrestling and I can't really relate to The Undertaker. I'm not seven feet tall. I'm not 300 pounds. I don't have a sweet beard. I can't roll my eyes in the back of my head. You're not dead. Yeah, I'm not dead. I don't have a fat man next to me with an urn wailing into the fucking night. But... <laughs> When when you start to see people of the Attitude Era, what you did see is you started a lot of small guys start to appear. And there's nothing that spoke to me at that time. Well, you know, I'm trying to grow up. I'm trying to be cool. I'm not a high schooler. How do I be cool in middle school? Well, you're trying to find your identity. And what spoke to me was, you know, new age metal music. You have your corn. You have your Limp biscuit. You have some serious, you have Marilyn Manson that's very popular at that time. And you look at all those genres and you're like, ah, you know what? I really do like that kind of music. And so now you have to start finding your identity of what you want to wear. And in my life, the closest mall, the place where I wanted to spend all my money was Gadzooks. Oh, jeez. Dude, Gadzooks was my hotspot. That's where they had the clothes that I wanted to wear because I thought that was cool because I saw guys on TV that wore that stuff. And if they're wearing it and can be cool on TV, I can go to school and wear that stuff. Except in small town Iowa, if you wear that stuff, well, guess what? Now you're an idiot. Now you're stupid. Now we're going to make fun of you because you don't have Nike high top. You don't have something else because you went out and you bought a FUBU jersey with I don't know what else. You got combat boots on. 
And so I'm watching TV. I don't know what's going on with my life. I'm just trying to be cool. And the guys that show up that I think are personally cool, that stand out to me, are Matt and Jeff Hardy. And that tag team, when they first showed up, and they were the Hardy Boys, they were wearing, like, even, like, before they were the brood Hardy Boys, they were wearing, like, Paisley stuff that Matt had made them, and they just stood out. They were very different, and they were young. They were good-looking dudes. And I thought to myself, I want to be that good-looking dude. I'm not Stone Cold Steve Austin. I can't look like that. But I saw the clothes that the Hardy Boys were wearing, and I realized that I see those clothes. I know where those clothes are from. I can buy those clothes. Oh, yeah. And that's where I started to say, you know what? I like these guys. And once I saw Jeff do the Swanton Bomb, oh, buddy, that sealed it. Give me a trampoline. I need to start trying this shit. I want to do a Swanton Bomb. I need some kickwear pants. I want to dye my hair every color of the rainbow. <laughs> that's where I started to get sucked into Jeff Hardy. Because when you see them in that Terry Invitational Tournament... And the stuff that they were doing with Edge and Christian, oh, man, now they're on another level because they have separated themselves from every other WWE tag team that I've ever seen on this show. And they've done stuff I didn't even know was possible. You want to hate me even more than you already do due to a previous conversation that we've had that wasn't recorded? <laughs> sure. I, I was at No Mercy 99 with the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian in the Terry Invitational Final. Oh my gosh, you've been to things that are just like monumentous events in wrestling history. No, just all Hardy Boys. So, yeah. like, but hey, uh, at the same point, like, man. what's that? That's all the stuff that matters in my eyes when we're talking yeah. Jeff. Like, I went to, uh, it, it. it's horrible, I was at No Mercy in, in 1999, and this, and I walked in like the biggest, like, Edge and Christian fans like that you could possibly be. I was a huge, I, I was cheering for him the whole time. And about like maybe five minutes into the match, I just go, fuck it. This is amazing. Like, I don't even care who wins. This is, and it was like right after like the, the sea, like the seesaw, like at that point when Jeff Hardy jumps off the top rope, literally just plants his ass on the end of the ladder. It goes up, hits Matt and Christian at the same oh, time. I'm like, I don't even care who wins. This is absolutely, I don't even know what I'm watching at this point, but this is utterly insane. And then immediately I go back to school and I'm in, Dave can attest to this. I'm in orange pants. I'm wearing band shirts. I have, I have orange hair. I have green hair. I don't remember the change in hair. <laughs> I, I just, I had like the colored gel that I would put in. Oh, like you I, I didn't know. I know. I'm weirdo. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me dye my hair. So she was like, look, I'll get you this gel. It washes out. And I'm like, cool. So I had like six different colors. I was putting them in. Like I, mean, I was weird. I don't know. I don't, still weird. I don't, I don't even understand. Like when I look back at it, I don't understand why parents don't just like let their kids do things like at whatever age it is in certain age and your kid wants to do something you go you know what i don't i don't think you should do that again especially if it's something like your hair like even if you like buzz your head your hair is going to grow back like there's not many things you can do to do like unfortunately that's not true anymore <laughs> yeah <laughs> like... but like when you when you're that young and oh yeah you have hair to screw up and do crazy stuff with like Hey, if you want to have blue hair, even if you do a shit like Walmart job with it, like have blue hair, go through, go through an awesome one day of having cool blue hair, wash your hair the next day and be like, Oh shit, my hair sucks now. Oh, and yeah. now <laughs> it's start from scratch again. Like 
But it's one of those things where I did it too. I'd be like, hey, you know what? I can't dye my hair. And I saw in the Eminem stand video that he just dumps peroxide on his head. I'm just going to try that because why not? Oh, my God. I haven't seen that video in forever. I know where this is going, though. Bad idea? Bad idea? I mean, it worked. I saw my hair lighten up. Sure, maybe there's some chemicals in that that aren't great for your skin. But no, (laughs) but but when you want an outcome and you get an outcome, then all of a sudden you're like, you know what? I had to go through a little bit of pain to get what I wanted. I'm fine. No big deal. And then you go and find some food coloring and you go, hey, I'm going to mix some gel and food coloring today. And today I'm going to have green hair because who cares? Nobody else has green hair, but I do today. So, yeah, and it's a great it's a great idea until you have to go to P.E. and you actually work and sweat and then you have green rolling down your face and you look like. Fucking idiot. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I've never related to anything more. <laughs> I used to do that and then I used to go to swim practice. Horrible oh, idea. You are such an idiot. Pat. Well, yeah, I wasn't the brightest crayon in the box. Yeah, absolutely. My hair was the brightest, yeah. but no, not the brightest crayon in the box. Mm-hmm. But so kind of fast forwarding from there. So you're in school, you, you discover at that point that uh, the character that you gravitate towards the most is jeff hardy at that point was that the moment that you kind of realized you know what this is what i want to do with my life i want to become a professional wrestler or was there a different passion that you were trying to pursue i i would say ever since at some some point so based on my age and your guys ages you can probably relate to this at some point in school they sat you down at a computer and you answered a bunch of questions and then it printed some shit off and it said, this is what you should do with your life. These are the career paths that you should maybe look towards based on your current interests, because these computer programs we came up with cannot can tell you what you should do with your life. Yep. Well, yep. Yeah. So you get these stu- and the great part is you have interests and hobbies in your life. And then you take that stupid test and it tells you some reject job that you fucking hate. And you go, no way. There's no way that's my destiny. This is impossible. And But the teachers don't know any different. They just say, hey, we got this new thing. Let's try to lead these kids on the correct path. And I'm walking around going, hey, I love pro wrestling. That's what I want to do with my life. And no adult in the right mind looks at you and goes, yeah, you should do that. Everybody goes, oh, my God, it's just a phase. He'll grow out of it. Not a big deal. Don't worry. But I couldn't. I couldn't ever get it out of my head. But when you hear no so many times over and over and you look around and you don't feel like a single person in the world has any faith in you based on your size and what you have put into yourself, no no one helps push you. And maybe that would have like screwed my journey up if I had like one person that was like, hey, you can do it. But I can distinctly remember when I was really young having one conversation with my parents and my aunt and like everyone was like trying to explain to me the most adult way of trying to be a pro wrestler. They said, well, if you're going to be a pro wrestler, you need to be smart with your money and you need to think about your finances because you can't just wrestle. You have to do other things. You have to look at it from all aspects. And I thought to myself, what, why would I need to be smart with like money and finances and banking? And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And they're like, you have this and you have that. And they started to explain to me pretty much what all aspects of just being an adult with a job are and then inserting it and trying to relate it to pro wrestling. And I felt like that was the first adult conversation people tried to have with me 
as like someone who's just in middle school and I can't comprehend it. And it seems like something I can't comprehend. And it seems like they're just trying to scare me out of it. But if I look back at it and I can relate to that actual conversation, I'm lucky that I got through as much of my life as I did just to learn how to be an adult before I got into pro wrestling. So I wasn't making stupid mistakes as someone in their late teens or early 20s trying to break into pro wrestling with not having any experiences in their adult life. Oh, yeah. And that's one thing, unfortunately, that in today's society, even today, unfortunately, they they don't teach you that in school. They they don't teach you, like, business ethics or even to file your taxes, believe it or not. Of course not. No, why would they? Why would they prepare you for the world? Nope, here's here's the you know, quadratic here, here, equation. Use it. Hey, that, that does, slow, does slow help. equation. Solve this equation. Like, solve for X or, like, hey, let's learn about the Civil War or Yeah, yeah this there's, war. like, those memes out there where it's like, hey, how the hell do you do taxes? Oh, hey, go, yeah, go over here and learn about something that you're not even going to need in, like, five minutes. No, it's it, it's the best one that I feel like we can relate with the school that we went to. There was one that I was going to tag you in that said, hey, how do I file my taxes? Says, Shut the fuck up and square dance. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally, that was our elementary school to a T. Oh, God, I remember Oh, my that. God. <clears throat> we had, like, two weeks in... Elementary, like it wasn't even two weeks; it was like a month. Dude, where... and I remember we had to do we had to do something like after it was like it was like evening. an assembly. It was like in the evening too, yeah. like a concert, but it was like for square dancing. I'm like, why? And like, I don't want to watch this. Like, there's another meme that I I I can relate to as well. It's like this little kid asking his dad, like, "Hey, are you gonna come to my concert tonight?" Nah, son, that lineup looks like shit. Like. I, I would just love to say that, just with, uh, but God bless my parents. They came to everything that we that we went through. You're in mine both. I know. I don't get it. Like I wouldn't want to put up with that. Like, oh yay! Like let's go watch them try to play instruments, or me like sitting on the stage pretending like I was playing an instrument when I really wasn't. You take this test just out of curiosity. Do you remember what the result was? What they said you should actually do with your life? I. I can't even remember off the top of my head. I wonder if it's one of those things that like I took home and somehow my my mom saved or something like that. Because I feel like even when I was taking those tests, they were like, hey, just be as, be as truthful as possible. And in my head, I'm like, hey, I have to skew these answers because I have to figure out how it comes out professional athlete. That's what I want. I got to get it to say that because if I get it to say that, then I know it's my destiny. So you're like trying to cheat yourself when it comes to those things. And I know it probably came out with some bullshit answer and probably professional athlete was like not at the top of the list. And I'm like, damn it. That's the one I wanted. That's what I really want to go for in my life. But I'm sure it was somehow skewed to push out some just regular basic job or something. But I mean, I was, I was very heavily like into art and things of that nature. So if there was two things I really kind of enjoyed, when I had the chance to, I really liked, I liked having fun and being physical and doing things. I wasn't the best at sports, but I liked sports. And I, I really liked being creative and I liked anything to do with the creative process, especially art, um, and art classes. Did you kind of find yourself going in that direction later on in life? Yeah. Um, I think, I think when I thought to myself, okay, I'm trying to figure out 
who I am as a person, what I want out of my life, what I want my education to turn into. Because in my generation, the one thing that's kind of pushed on you is, hey, once you get done with high school, you really got to go after college. College is where the future's at. College is what's going to take you to the next level in life. So you think, oh, my God, I have to get into college now. Well, okay. I was really happy about being in art and creative classes in high school and doing those types of things. And so when I went to community college, I tried to be heavily into the art classes as well. And, you know, I went for like um, I got uh, just an associates of arts degree, but I tried to take as many art classes as I could just to stay in that creative process of figuring out who I was and taking my education at least if i'm going to spend my own money on it i have to pay all these loans and everything back i wanted to have fun and do the things that i like yeah no one wants to just sit there and just watch their money like wither away and you're not even doing what you want like really what you want to do in life it's like going to school when you want to be a veterinarian and you're like going to school to be like a like an accountant or something right yeah so at least when i got done with uh, my associate's degree, I would say during that time period of my life, I didn't really have sports to rely on anymore as far as like what I enjoyed spending my time doing. But I did kind of bring bring dance into my life. And dance is an entirely huge passion of mine. And that I would say dance probably took over a huge part of my life when I went to uh, Iowa State University. That's where I got into uh, the program that I thought would be best suited for my life and that I wanted to follow and get a get a bachelor's degree in. But the thing that really shaped those years of my life and who I was and then where, you know, kind of my life turned into at that time was finding a hip-hop dance club and let that really kind of bring out who I was. Now, you go to Iowa State. What did you get your end up getting your bachelor's degree in? Uh, I have a bachelor's of science degree in apparel, merchandising, design, and production. And to shorten that up, that is just a degree in fashion design. So I was making clothes, designing clothes, putting together, you know, storyboards, figuring out how merchandising worked, all kinds of different aspects of what goes into your clothes, from your shoes to the hats on your head to anything and everything you could think of. Now, do you make your own, like, gear now? I don't. Nope. I can't say, can't say I did because like most, uh, I feel like it's the, one of the stories I hear too often where people go to college, they get a degree. Um, they end up not using the degree for a long time. And then if I wanted to jump back into that world today, I know the world of retail and how to sell clothes and merchandise and do all kinds of different things in that aspect. And I could probably brush up a little bit on a sewing machine. But nowadays, I'm not the best in the world at that type of stuff. And when it comes to wrestling gear, if you're going to look like a million bucks, you should probably pay somebody to make some gear that looks like a million bucks. And that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life. I mean, I I do little creative things here and there, maybe on how I want to present myself and the colors and the fashions that I wear. But I'm not in front of a sewing machine every night making the coolest clothes on earth. Well, you could always call like Matt Hardy and see if he's available. Dude, I, mean, I would drop some. I would drop some serious cash flow if I could get Matt Hardy to make me some gear, or or somehow like get something. If I could pick that man's brain and just say, "Hey, man, this is my character. It's kind of out there, but I know that you are one of the most influential people when it comes to gear." Like, mm-hmm. I just got to pick your brain, man. Oh yeah, Matt Hardy, 
Matt Hardy's a fucking genius. He, he's got a condition. Huh? Huh? No, you're fired. Okay. Oh, I'm going home. Okay. Wait, I am home. Yay! I don't have to leave. Cut that. <laughs> no, leave me alone. So, uh, you hadn't mentioned how dance was a, a big part, and obviously, if anyone's seen your character, they haven't head over to YouTube or, or seen anything uh, on your social media platforms. I I think it, it goes without saying that dance is a big part of your life. Now, you had mentioned how it, you were also involved in sports as well. What what sports were you playing? Um, when I had the chance to get sports into my life, um, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed baseball, and I gave a little bit of my time to uh, basketball, and I enjoyed it. But the thing that sucked is. At a certain point, when you're in small-town America, there's a little circle of jocks, and those jocks somehow run every single sport, it seems like. Um, so I enjoyed those things, but you know, all of a sudden, I'm lucky if I'm getting time to play on the JV squad, um, but I'm still waking up every day at 6 a.m. so I can get into my basketball practice before uh, school, and sometimes there's two days, and you got to do it after school, too. Um, but you know, when I was little and I got to play little league, man, baseball was the coolest thing in the world to me. Uh, but I think one of the best moments of my entire life was when I was in sixth grade and I was in little league and I hit a home run and it's the only home run I've ever hit in my entire life. But the feeling of hitting a home run and my dad was at that game. I was so excited that when I, <laughs> I passed first base. I skipped over second base. I just hopped the bag and I had to go back <laughs> and then come back and hit third. And it was one of those where it just got over the fence. And, but the feeling that day of just knowing that I hit a home run and I never hit another one in my life. Like it was, it was just an untouchable unspeakable feeling. And there's only so many times in my life I've ever had that kind of feeling, but sports that I think that's probably why baseball is always so in my heart because it gave me so many experiences and that one kind of takes the cake. Yeah, it's like honestly I grew up playing baseball myself and yeah, he it's kind of jock. Shut. No, I wasn't. Dude, I was nowhere near it. But yeah, I was You played baseball though? Yeah, but I wasn't a jock. Those are very true. You were also in band. Shut up. So, so I. no, but like I grew up playing baseball, I know exactly what you're thinking where I still remember one of my first catches. It was kind of the same thing where it's you catch that and it's like you look like you catch that ball, you look down, and you see your dad. Yeah, there's just like this. There's just this feeling. Where oh it's, yeah, it's that it's that weird like father son thing that it's just if you can you can tell he's already proud of you. Really, I didn't have that moment. I I hit. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell a quick story really quick. So I hit a home run. I did not clear the fence. I've never I, cleared the fence. I, I I hit it inside the park home run. And oh man! It, I I had to slide into home, and like the guy was like, "Runner safe!" I literally like jump up, I like run into the dugout. My dad's already there, and believe it or not, he starts checking my pants to see if they're stuck. He's like, "You couldn't run faster." It's like, <laughs> "Wow, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate it." I mean, I just hit a home run, but like, fuck me, man. Like, the yeah. Hardest. The hardest of the home runs to hit, by the way, getting it inside the park home run is so much harder because you have to 
hit it somewhere where it's hard enough where someone has to screw up at least one throw while you're cooking it around the bases. And then the fact that you had that dramatic moment where you got to slide into home to really kind of get that uh, inside the park home run feeling of feeling like you really got it at the last moment. Like, yeah, if, if you're going to get one, that's the best way to get it. And that's how I got it. And my dad was more concerned with, are your pants too tight? Why couldn't you run faster? Like, thanks, dad. No, like, honestly, thanks. honestly, all of mine were all inside the park home runs. But pay, like you, you understand, like some of the parks we played with that. Oh, you, God. if you hit it into the right spot, there was no fence to stop it. And no. it just kept rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like and those, those were the ones I would get. It's like you hit it in the gap, and the ball just kept rolling, and you you don't stop until you run. You're running. Oh my god! You're running into the backstop. Like I'm gonna drop a reference that only you and I would get when you play at Harding. Like, oh, that was the one. If you just get that roll, you're golden. Harding, Emerson, Kaufman, Kaufman. I never played at Emerson though. Oh, Kaufman, oh, dude. Emerson sucked because, dude. Like, the, I swear to God, it was no, it was still dirt. But there was a point. It, like, I swear to God, it turned to gravel. Um, horseman. That was nothing but gravel. Yeah, I but, hated yeah, games. But, there. but when it came to rec league, I never played back there. Oh yeah. Well, we played. We would play at horseman, and that was the worst. Like it was all gravel. Like you didn't. Like your coach would be yelling at you. Like slide. You're like, You're like fuck you, dude. Like no, I'm not risking this for a fucking rec <laughs> league. Like, hell no. Like there's not even any girls here. Like I'm not I, I'm not showing off for anybody. Shit. I'm not gonna be picking out gravel in thirty years out of my kneecaps. No, I'm not doing that <laughs> shit. Hey, I've yeah, that and then I still always mess with uh John Staley every time I see him because when it was uh you hit uh pitch to your own player. Yeah. I like I was pitching to him and dude, he lined one right back at me in the chest. Oh god. That was I think one of the quickest I've ever heard my dad run for me. Oh my god! Oh yeah! All of a sudden, like I'm trying to get up, and he's like throwing me back on the ground. It's like, stay down. Why? We don't know if your ribs are broken. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, like I can breathe. Like <laughs> leave me alone. Like let me get up. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, now coming times. from oh yeah, great times. Now coming from small town America, you really don't have a whole lot of professional teams around you. I do have to ask. Uh, you said that you were into sports. You, you never really played too many sports, but obviously you watch sports. What were some teams that you found yourself gravitating towards? Well, I had a couple teams, or at certain points in my life, I was like, hey, these are my teams. But I really feel like during that time period, the reason that you had teams is because you really had players that spoke to you. Because that was like the boom of trading cards yeah and so that's when you started to see video games that were licensed to like specific people so ken griffey <laughs> yes yeah, exactly right so when i looked to uh when i looked to baseball my guy was frank thomas so yeah, i, I like the big hurt so I, yeah. I like the chicago white Sox because the big hurt was the man he was so cool now ken griffey I thought was really cool too, but Ken Griffey was like, to me, he was like the jock. So yeah. Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey was too cool. So, but the other cool guy was Frank Thomas and he rocked the black and white. And I was like, all right, I think this is my guy. I had a Robin Ventura <laughs> uniform growing up too. Oh, yeah, there you go. So the White Sox were kind of like my baseball team. Um, but I feel like in sports, I was never like super die hard, um, following, 
maybe I followed certain teams for like a year or two in certain uh, aspects. Like if I look to if I look to basketball during my younger years, the reason I thought uh, the Orlando Magic were so cool was because of Shaquille O'Neal and Penny Hardaway. Shaq Shaq was the man when he came in. He had the shoes. And Penny had the shoes, and all of a sudden the Orlando Magic were the coolest team on the NBA uh, spotlight. Because to me, the Chicago Bulls, they were too cool. They were too good. I didn't like them because they just whooped everybody's ass. But then when you had the new guys come in, and you had Big Shaq, and you had Penny, all of a sudden I was like, okay, I like these guys. I like the Orlando Magic. I like the colors, the jerseys. Shaq breaking rims. Oh, yeah. That's good. And I kind of followed Shaq later in his career. I, I turned into a Lakers guy, and I would say I still am a Lakers guy. But it was, it was because of the Shaq and Kobe show when they when they uh, turned LA into what it what it uh, became during those years. I was huge into the into Lakers. And if you if you jump at football, when I when I was younger, I was a San Francisco 49ers guy because of Jerry Rice and Steve Young. Those were that was my team for some reason. I don't know why, but the 49ers were my guys. Again, probably because the Dallas Cowboys were too cool. They were like the Chicago Bulls of the NFL. They just couldn't lose. Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman were just a machine and Michael Irvin. But I was the 49ers kid until until I moved to Iowa. And one of my friends, he convinced me that I should turn into a Denver Broncos fan. Oh, oh God. Boo. And I did. And that's right, that's right when they were changing their jerseys to that really deep orange. And luckily for me, it was the right call because John Elway and Shannon Sharp and Terrell Davis started winning some championships short after. And I was on the I was on the train for that time period. Boo. And I've, I've really kind of never stayed away. <laughs> but when it comes to Sundays uh, or, you know, weeknights, usually like I'm never I'm never planting myself in front of any type of uh, TV to watch any of that stuff. I get kind of excited when the Super Bowl comes around, maybe if there's a good underdog story or the World Series or the NBA Finals. That stuff kind of speaks to me. But for the most part, I'm not I'm not digging into any of that stuff and every Sunday doing whatever. Like you, you, he, he fuck says, horse face. Yeah, fuck horse face, man. <laughs> Sorry, we, we just lost like every fan in Denver. <laughs> like literally, like we're we're, we're from we're from Cleveland. We may not have <coughs> grown up, but actually, see, you know, we were the underdogs. We yeah, still but are, we, but we we didn't. Pat, Pat, you and I are young enough where we didn't we didn't get we didn't have to live through the eighties. So, but still, man. But we're born and bred to just despise certain teams. Like, we have to, no offense, like, we are born to hate the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are yeah. born and bred to hate, to despise, actually. John Elway. John Elway. Not the Denver Broncos. We have to hate John, John Elway. Elway. Like, you can't even say his name without scoffing now. Like, I can't. Like, I have to... Like the, the trust me, my, trust me. My my dad's the only reason I call him Horseface. Yeah, that and honestly, <laughs> that and my disdain for the Dallas Cowboys. You gotta hate the Dallas Cowboys because, like my like my dad grew up. It was they oh, have Zeke now, and I still don't even like them. It was because oh, they're always forced to be you know 
America's team. Fuck that noise. Yeah. No, America's team is the Cleveland fucking Browns. No, now we're, no, we're the world's team now. Yeah, we're the world's team. <laughs> yeah, we're not even America's team. We're, we're the, the world's, world's team. team. We woke up feeling dangerous, and we're going to feel more dangerous on Sunday. It's going to be awesome. But can I can I ask you guys a question? Yes. You can ask us any questions you want. Okay, so I feel like this happened. Uh, it's happened with multiple teams, and teams go through these these eras where they never get any wins. They've had these huge towns that are just like, oh, my God, we will pray to the sports gods for us to get a championship team. And you're so bad for so long that you get all these really good picks and you get bombarded almost where all of a sudden you have, like, the magic team. Well, the problem with having the magic team is you have the magic story. And then once you have the magic story and you get your storybook ending, the entire world is like, oh, my God, I love these guys. I'm a fan, just like with the Chicago Cubs. And then everybody else is like, you all you had to remind us of that, didn't you? You have, you have not been with us for this journey. Don't dare say you're a Cleveland Browns fan because you don't know the hardships. You don't know what we went through. Yes. And I feel that's the Cleveland Browns right now because they're set up for this great success and they're probably going to have a stellar season. But if they win the very next day, you're going to see the world bombarded with all the Cleveland Browns merchandise. And you're like, no, I don't want that. I want us to be the cool underground team that lived through the story. And now you're trying to make us this big mainstream thing. And that's not who we are. That's not who we've been. No, that already that already started the the day that Odell Buckham got traded here. The oh, day, yeah. the, the uh-huh. day Odell got traded here, then the bandwagon got full. Because yeah. they, because there were, because there were a lot of people who they just love Odell Beckham Jr. They didn't care as so much about the Giants, but there's something polarizing about OBJ. And once yeah. he got traded here, they they jumped on the Browns bandwagon. Yeah, and, and then and then yeah, we have. Let's be honest. Until last year, we were shit. Oh, we Hugh, were dog shit. Hugh Jackson ruined everything between Hugh Jackson. The learners, the well, I'm sorry, Randy Lerner and his ownership. Yeah, go Sa- back to fucking soccer, bro. Sa- Sashi Brown and all of his nonsense. It this team turned to garbage. Yes, but yes, bringing in a football mind like jo- like John Dorsey or yeah. as Joe or as somebody Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, him, Freddie Kitchens, who just he's from freaking Alabama. He just get he just gets us somehow, which is great because he gets football. Yeah, it's. We finally have the right people, and unfortunately, it just took us to go through so much shit. Like, we had to literally hit rock bottom. Literally, 0-16, to, rock bottom. To make our way back to we, we made, like, we had a, a merchandiser in town that made shirts just to make us feel better that called us because we went 4-0 in preseason. They made shirts calling us the preseason champions. Oh my god! Just oh. to make up for the fact that we went zero and sixteen, they had a parade. No, no we, we had a fucking parade. We, we made no. We actually got the preseason champ shirt, and then we proceeded to go zero and sixteen. Oh yeah, you're and right. And then we had the shitty parade, and then it, that was literally. I swear to God, that was that was it. But then again, we still had Hugh Jackson. Yes, we still had Hugh Jackson coming out of it, and I was actually. I'll be honest. I will say, I was one of the guys to say, you know what? Let's give Hugh the chance. But then yeah, when very then, few. then then hard knocks came around, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a disaster. Oh yeah, it's a huge fucking disaster. And then two five and one, and yeah. and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Hugh Jackson's gone. 
Oh, well, I even texted. I even fucking. Late. I even texted a guy at work. I'm like, well, I guess Todd Haley's going to come in 20 minutes later. Todd Haley's gone. Oh shit. Yeah. And then now it seriously has been just. It's it's slowly. It's been like that fucking like the flower, man. It's just slowly opening. Well, at the same point, you got to look at it from the perspective of we've already been through this because of LeBron. For the longest time, no one really went like no one really knew much about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Then we get LeBron James. Now we're the cool kids. Then we get Kyrie Irving, and it's like, okay, are they going to live up to the hype that LeBron was? See, but let's but let's go back. Let's let's go back to this really quickly, and then we'll and then we'll kind of move back forward. And we're, yes, we're sorry. Well, no, we're sorry, no, no. He, he asked us a question, so now we're going to go off on it. But yeah, <laughs> but but think about it. When we got LeBron, what were we the year? But what were the Cavs the year before? How many wins did they have? He's like barely any. Seventeen. Yeah. They had seventeen wins that year. Then they draft LeBron. Then they missed the playoffs by like two games. They missed the they missed the playoffs his first two years. No. Yes, we did. No, it was just the first year. No, it was two years. But I'd put money on that. Uh, we did not make it till his third year. Chop bet, and I'll let you chop me after this episode if I'm wrong. But it was only the first year. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Okay, well, um, we got a chop bet on it. Shake, 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 shake. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. But no, but it's like that. Yeah. And then LeBron left. Yeah. And we turned to shit, and yeah. then we got Kyrie, and we were still we were still kind of shitty, but we were actually just about to turn the corner, and then LeBron came back. Yeah, and then there were. And then we won a title, yeah. which was fucking amazing. That was absolutely amazing. And and honestly, it was it was kind of that storybook thing. Yeah. Where if you think about to the 14, 15, LeBron's LeBron two point that first year. Yeah. He was Ky- on another level. Kyrie got hurt. And then Ke- and Kevin Lo- and Kevin Love got his arm ripped out. Oh yeah, that's another person that we're supposed to hate, Kelly Olynyk. Yes. Fuck you, Kelly Olynyk. But on it, but honestly. That was one, and if you think about it, with just LeBron, yeah, no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, that series was tied two two. That ser- that NBA Finals was tied two two. Yes, I agree. And we lost the finals. Yes. Let's say we you have either one of them, and you win it that year. Would it feel as special as it ever did when we finally won the, the next year? No, not Where at all. next year it no. was here. Here's the Golden State Warriors. They are the poster NBA franchise now. They got everything. They now finished seventy three and nine. They have the greatest regular season in NBA history. What do they have to short for it? Nothing. I love how you just drop the microphone right on your dick. On my leg, but thank you. You're welcome. But then again. (laughs) Anyway, moving on. No, it it would not have meant the same if we won it that first year. And I know we've had conversations about that. Like, if it wasn't the 73 and 9, and then, hey, you lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers after you're up 3 to 1. Yes, I just reminded you once again. Please never forget the fact that the Warriors blew a 3 1 lead. But, but I digress. but, But it's still, but it's kind of all of that same thing that we bandwagon, but that we had to go through. All of the heartache to get war- to get to that championship. So here it's we had to, the Browns had to go through all of the heartache to potentially here get to that championship. And yes, we got one of the most athletic, greatest NFL players in the league today. Yes, and, and yes, we and yes, we're, and yes, we are going to get some bandwagon fans. But at the same time, you're going to know who those true fans are. Oh yeah, yeah. they're going to be the ones that are sitting in line for the Muni lot and Clevelanders. Know exactly what I'm talking about. They're the ones that are sitting in the Muni lot line at 3:30 to get the best spot in the Muni lot to tailgate for that day. Damn and we right. know, it. damn right. We Shout know, out to Dan. 
Shout and out B2. to B two, you know who you are. But moving on from there, so you're in school, you get your bachelor's degree. <laughs> yes, we're it's a nice coming back. <laughs> we are coming back, and don't worry, we're going to hey, make a great honest, transition. Hey, here. On, honestly, yes. we, we can talk sports all day, and he brought up baseball. So hey, if he, we hey, can who talk gives that a all shit? day. It's our show. I'll talk Hell about yeah. what I want. We'll, we'll, we'll do a whole hour on Shawshank Redemption for all I care. Oh, God damn it. Oh, my yes. God. That's one of my favorite movies. Uh, Thank you, JT. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Dave just finally watched it after 31 years on this planet. He finally Dave. watched it earlier this year because I told him to come over because I had beer and I had food. No, he sat down on the there couch. Was no, and we, there was no food. There was just beer. There was just beer. There's always beer. Come on. Like I, I, I'm looking at, I'm looking at booze right now, but that, that's just my wet bar that we're sitting next to. Hell but, yeah! Hell yeah! But I, he finally watched it, and we have since then tagged him in everything Shawshank Redemption related, just yeah. to get our point across. But moving on from there, so you get your bachelor's degree in fashion design. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we we can rib on Dave all we want, but he, he's making a good point, and I'm kind of terrified right now that I might get chopped at the end of this. So. <laughs> Uh, you you get that degree. You move on from there. What was that moment like when you were? Because obviously we're, you're on our show now for a particular reason. But yep. what happened at that point to kind of make it make yourself say, you know what? I don't want to do this. I want to be a professional wrestler. I'm going to go do it. What was that moment like? And, and what uh, kind of what kind of brought you to that point? All right, so. Let me kind of let me kind of give you the, at least the backstory on where the aha moment happened when you when you kind of figure out okay it's time to time to take a chance on life. So personal life isn't necessarily going where I want. Um, I've been living in the same place for a long time. I'm working long hours. I don't like it. Stuff's not great at home. I'm really not happy with my professional life because I'm just working and sure I'm making money and money's great but that you know money doesn't buy happiness no matter how much you make i know there's cool shit in this world but if you can do cool stuff it doesn't matter how much money you're taking home at the end of the day it's the experience and so i was fortunate enough that my family and the girl i was seeing at the time they had got together and lo and behold they made one of the dreams in my life come true and that's that i was able to go to wrestlemania 31 for Christmas, I got tickets, me and a friend of my choosing. And I, there was no words that I could even, they even came out of my mouth that day. I just couldn't comprehend what was about to happen. I was going to live a childhood dream and I was going to go to WrestleMania. So once I realized this is going to happen, I tell my friend, I get him to go. We got to buy our plane tickets and we're going to make a quick weekend trip, but it's going to be the best weekend trip of our entire lives. We don't have any other plans around wrestling. We're not doing any of the other events, Hall of Fame, indie stuff, whatever. We don't know any of that. We're just going to WrestleMania. So the weekend comes. Here we go. WrestleMania 31. And sure, I've been watching TV. I know the buildup. I was lucky enough to go to Raw before Mania where Sting debuted in a WWE ring and popped out that night. So me and my friend, we were both we were both already losing our fucking minds. We're so deep into wrestling, our childhood dreams are about to come true because we get to go to WrestleMania. We get to uh WrestleMania 31. And we had gone down to the WWE Superstore the day before. Well, I think I got a little bit too much sun and we probably had too much pizza. The night before, because I felt like dog shit the day of WrestleMania, and in my head, like this is not good. 
I'm about to go to WrestleMania and I feel like fucking shit. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Everything will go away. This is WrestleMania. We get into WrestleMania and side story. I feel like shit. And I tell my friend, I'm like, dude, you know what? Let's go find a bathroom. <laughs> I go into fucking Safeco Field to a bathroom and puke my fucking guts out at WrestleMania. Oh my god. And I'm thinking to my I'm thinking to myself, like, security's gonna come in here and think I'm some shit faced bank wanna kick me out of here and my WrestleMania is gonna be ruined. Well, luckily that didn't happen. I got all that garbage out of my system. I sat there, I drank a little bit of water. I probably got too much sun the day before. I'm like, okay. Luckily that day I was not sitting on the sunny side of the stadium. I was sitting on the shaded side. And that saved my life, thank God. So what happens? WrestleMania starts. When that starts and that pyro kicks off and you realize where you're at, you look around, there's 76,000 people, nothing else matters. The only thing that matters is you're at WrestleMania and you're there and you're about to have the fucking time of your life. And that freaking flyby too? Oh, Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You get to hear all those moments. You have, uh, they're singing America the Beautiful. You get the flyover. You get the pyro. You get the production. You get everything. Terminator. Sure, there's a million great moments on that WrestleMania. But the thing that is the aha moment of my life that made me realize, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be at this exact moment in time, at this exact moment in history, is when that main event is going on, they both, Brock hit that F5 on Roman, and motherfucking Seth Rollins music hits, and I lose my shit. I remember what I was. I remember where I was. He's down there. He cashes in his money in the bank, and I am losing my mind with my friend. He hits that curb stomp on Roman, one, two, three, and that place is going insane. And he runs all the way up to the top of that ramp and starts whipping that title around his head. And I just look around and realize where I'm at and what I'm seeing and what just happened. And the da- the guy down there on that fucking stage is from Davenport, Iowa. He's actually from a little bitty town called Buffalo, Iowa, just like me, a little town in Iowa. And I want to be a pro wrestler. And I am in that stadium watching him, the guy from Iowa. And I'm the guy from Iowa. And we are in fucking California. And this is all going down. And I said to myself, this is, whether you believe in it or not, this is destiny. I am supposed to be here right now. I am supposed to see this. And I am supposed to feel this way at WrestleMania, the thing I've wanted to go to my entire life. And that next day, when we had to get up and catch a 7 a.m. flight or whatever it was, I was on cloud nine. I was probably on cloud nine for a week. I knew that I was going to take a chance on life. I was going to take a chance. I had heard about Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. And I thought to myself, you know what? I have a little bit of money and I sh- I'm just going to do it. I know I want to. Why not? Why not flip my life upside down and take a chance? I mean, the worst thing that happens is it doesn't go the way you think, right? But at least you say you tried. So, Absolutely. I found Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. At that time, I think I saw a link through Facebook. I followed it to their website. I probably looked at it multiple, multiple times before I ever thought about actually putting in my application. But there was just a camel or a straw that broke the camel's back one day. And I said, you know what? I'm filling this shit out. 
I'm go ahead and emailing it. And I'm just going to wait. And the second that I got an email back from them saying, Hey, we'd love to accept you for our January. I think it was 2016 class. Then shit got real. But WrestleMania 31 was my aha moment. Just watching all of that go down and happen. And that's where it really kickstarted myself wanting to be a professional wrestler and live out the dream I've wanted my entire life. I remember exactly where I was. I was in Dave's apartment and I started screaming when, when, uh, no, no. Weren't we here? We were here. I had just moved in here. Yeah. We were here and I started screaming here. It was you and Justin. Was and Justin and I were losing our freaking minds. Yeah. And you're sitting over here like, God, God damn, damn it. it. God damn it. And we're literally like hugging each other. Well, yeah, because like, you two were all Seth Rollins. And, hell you know, yeah. And he How was couldn't a, you be? He was a heel at that point. I hate it. I didn't like him. It, you, don't even. No. Yes. No. Uh, no. Yes. Don't even get me started. Like you, you it's alright. I'm just gonna. You be just want to hate on the heels. That's dude, all it I'm is. Just, dude, I'm just gonna be up to a O and slap chops here. So, how are you gonna be two and O in slap chops? How? Oh, don't worry. Okay, whatever. I, I don't know what the other one's for, but I don't well, know if you well, just the googled one, something. Well, no, the one that we just made the bet on, and I still owe you one from a while ago. But that it needs to be cashed in by a wrestler. You are not a wrestler. But I'm just saying, I'm going to be up 2-0 on slaps. That's fine. You can be, but you're not going to be because we made the playoffs the second year, as far as I'm concerned. No, if, we didn't. Whatever. We'll, we'll look it up in a second. So you go to, you, you submit your application to Black and Brave. Like, did, did you have to, like, like submit, like, a promo or something like that? Nope, nope. So the submission process is uh, it's nothing too crazy or lengthy. They just ask that you send, I believe it was two pictures of yourself. Um, they just want to see what kind of shape you're in and see if you're capable, um, which in this day and age, you know, as long as you're a healthy human being um, and maybe even not a healthy human being, but looking to take a turn in your life, they want to see what you look like. And I believe you can write yourself a paragraph on why you want to be a professional wrestler. And then from there, I believe you just kind of wait to hear back. Um, they explain up front what kind of uh, payment and like tuition, if you want to call it that, you're looking to uh, go ahead with. And as far as the application process, you submit to when you want to start. And once you send that email away, you just kind of wait to hear back from uh, from Merrick. And how long was that process before you actually heard back? Oh, my God. It was like, I swear to God, it was only like 24 hours. It was so quick. Really? Oh yeah. And it, that, I think that was the scariest part. Cause I was like, man, I sent it. And then when I saw, I got a reply in my email, I was like, Oh fuck, I can't believe I already got this. And again, I'm scared to death to open it because the last thing you want is rejection from a wrestling school because you're like, I did this thing that I said I wanted to do my whole life. And what if they reject me just like everyone else rejected me in high school and you get that big feeling, you don't know what to do. But then I opened that shit up. And they said, we would like to accept your application. And uh, the I'm sure I had just goosebumps all over my body knowing, oh, man, this is the start. Here we go. They accepted me. Now it's all on me to turn this into everything I ever wanted it to be. That's crazy. Like I, it, It's Batista. Yeah! Oh, yeah. He, he just gets into his car <laughs> and literally just blasts Batista's theme music and just starts punching his dashboard over and over again. 
I wish I would have had like backup fireworks and I just would have taken them out into my apartment parking lot and just lit them off and did the machine gun shit and just got the police <laughs> called on me and I'm like, I don't even give a shit. I just got accepted to wrestling school. I don't know if you guys like Batista, but I was just trying to do his entrance. <laughs> yeah, they pro- yeah, when you're sitting there and like doing like the ma- the machine gun thing, they're probably going to just tackle you. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Maybe not in small town Iowa though. They'd be like they they'd probably join in and like be like, okay, who, who's up next? And then they'd just start, like, making, like, memes. Of, <laughs> and, like, they would just make, like, vines of, like, different entrance musics, like, of them mimicking over and over again. Oh, vine throwback. So, vine throwback. We we can talk about vine all day, too. Nah, but, pass. And yeah, we're going to pass. So you get that acceptance 24 hours later. Like, you had mentioned you were terrified to open this email. Like, how long did it take you before you were finally, like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm opening this now. Like, how long did you really ponder on whether or not you were actually going to open it? No, it was it was one of those things where it was a split second. You see that you received it, you look at it, and you think to yourself, okay, I'm going to get myself settled, and then you open it. So I only waited, like, I don't know, 15 seconds realistically. Oh. It, was, it wasn't like I had to, like, get myself psyched up and, like, wait until the perfect time because if I would have done it that – if I would have done it that way, I probably would have just psyched myself out in the moment of opening it and seeing that I was accepted probably just wouldn't have been as impactful and amazing as it was. Yeah. Like I always like think like, it, it, like I, I know when I've waited on like certain, like certain acceptances or like test results and stuff like that, like you're sitting there and like, even with like some licensing exams I've had, like y- you have to like sit there and it is like the law. Lo- it's probably only like 15 seconds. But it feels like twenty years, like waiting for your results to, like yeah. populate. It's like, did I get in? Did I not get in? And then, like to have that aha moment, you're at WrestleMania 31. You watch this this guy that literally is like from around the corner from you, living out this dream that you have. And then you just look at it and say, you know what? Like, I, no more sitting on this or saying that I'm going to do it. I need to do it now. And then. <laughs> Having that email, just like okay, here is like here's literally me, or like living out my dream, or okay, I really have to go back and find that form that my mom saved from elementary school that said what I should really be doing with my life. Yep, like type of moment, and you open it up, you find out that you're gonna get you got accepted in a wrestling school. What steps did you take from there to prepare yourself? Because if anyone's seen a picture of you or, or seen a video of you, you're you're not out of shape. You're you're very much in shape. But what kind of steps did you take from there? I think it's funny that on the on the TV right now there there's a picture of Mount Rushmore, and they're they're rating the greatest. I think it's uh, the greatest Chicago Bears. Oh God, moving on from there, Jesus. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry I even made a comment. Well, because it's the Bears and Packers. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Yeah, no, just Mike Dickcut needs to be on there. But uh, what kind of what steps did you take to ensure that you were going to be ready? Even though you you were pretty fit, I mean, you're a dancer. You have to have quite a lot of stamina to do that. And I'll, I'll, I I can't even imagine. Like I, I'm getting winded just thinking about it. But yeah. So like when it came to it, um, once I found out I was getting accepted, I had been, 
I'd been working out a little bit. Um, nothing crazy like what I put myself through nowadays, but like I was trying to work out and get in better shape because I got accepted and I go, okay, I need to start getting in the best shape of my life. And I had already been working out, um, trying to get myself into a better physical peak shape because at that point I think they were doing a tough enough, um, contest again. And I wanted to submit something. So I wanted to be in the gym looking cool and trying to get, I don't know, bigger biceps or abs or the normal stuff that, you know, wrestlers have that everybody wants and they don't know how to get. So, yeah, I have a dancer's body, which means I have big, thick thighs. I don't necessarily have a whole lot going on up top, but I'm also not necessarily in the worst shape of my life. And I got cardio for days because you put on a song and I'm going to dance my ass off for three to five minutes and the next song comes on. I mean, my workouts used to be I'd go out on a Friday and Saturday night. I'd find my favorite club. And from the moment I got there until it shut that place down, I would leave dripping sweat, one of the most disgusting individuals in that entire place. But I had the fucking time of my life because I got my cardio workout in and I fucking danced my ass off all night. That's what I was doing. That's how I was staying in shape and getting in shape. So a little bit of weights, a little bit of cardio and dancing my ass off every night. Well, now I need to be a pro wrestler. Nothing wrong with the stuff I was doing, but it's a different type of training. So part of the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, part of what they tell you in the process of being a pro wrestler is, hey, you're going to start doing CrossFit. And oh, I, I don't know what the fuck CrossFit is because I've never done it in my life. But that's what Colby does. That's what Seth Rollins does. And that's what he believes in because he's been doing it for a long part of his life. And it's got him into the best physical shape he's ever been in. So when I moved down to Davenport, Iowa, I say, okay. If that's part of my wrestling school, I'm just going to start doing CrossFit now. I'm going to sign up for it and figure out what the fuck's going on. So when I show up and they say, I'm going to start doing this stuff, I'm not walking into it blind. I kind of know what's going on. So I went to uh, my CrossFit affiliate that they were associated with. I told them who I was, why I was there, and that I wanted to start my membership. And they kind of got me on my journey from there, which, you know, it's one of those things that I'm a huge enthusiast now. If I, if I wake up every day, like it's part of my absolute daily life and routine are the things that I've learned through what Black and Brave Wrestling Academy was part of their curriculum. And that's CrossFit. It's not for everybody. And there's some stuff that people like, some stuff people don't like. And it depends on what gym you go to and everything like that. It's like a gold gym versus a planet fitness. You got something that speaks to everyone. But that's the kind of stuff that I started doing every single day to get in better shape. So sure, I'd go to the Planet Fitness and do a little bit of cardio and normal stuff that I'm used to. But once I started doing CrossFit, um, I started to learn some stuff and build some things that actually were going to help me in the wrestling ring because they can relate some of the things that you learn into how you're going to actually help yourself in a professional wrestling ring, um, which kind of like blew my mind. Because once you learn a couple of things and you can relate them from in the gym to in the ring, it helps you kind of wrap your head around certain moves and certain things and transitions in a wrestling match. Yeah, and I'm sure it definitely helps with o overall cardio and yeah, and just being able. Now, in no way are you going out there doing like 60 minute broadways or anything like that. But yeah. especially when you walk in there your first day for wrestling training, and here you are trying to make an impression. 
and you're the one that's constantly go, 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 where all these other individuals are probably like, holy shit, I need to take a minute and, and sit down for a second or catch my breath. And here you are like, all right, what's the next drill? Like, it, it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. When they when you kind of walk in that first night, it's one of the most intimidating feelings because you don't know what to expect. And every wrestling book you've ever read or every story you've ever heard about trying to be a pro wrestler back in the day, they put you through hell and they want you to quit. And they don't want any pussies in this business because it's a very specific thing that not very many people get to perform at a worldwide level for. So if you want to do it, we want you to make sure that if you're going to put your body on the line and someday I'm going to trust you with my body. Well, I need to trust you to take care of yourself before you take care of me. So I showed up in the best shape I, I could have at that time. And a lot of people, when they show up on that first night and they are not in good shape and they know they've been accepted to pro wrestling school and haven't taken the proper steps into becoming a professional wrestler beforehand. So you can do things, but you need to implement yourself to say, hey, I got to get ready. And if you don't get ready for the ACT test and you have fucking one year before you take it, you look like an idiot when you fucking fail it because you knew what you were doing when you signed up for it. Oh, so yeah. when I signed up for Black and Brave, I got in the best shape of my life. And when people don't get in the best shape of their life and they show up, well, guess what? Now you just pissed me off because you gave, you gave, you're taking away my time because I want to be a pro wrestler and you showed up and you can't even run one mile without stopping or gagging or throwing up. And that's just disrespectful for the people that want to, want to be the trainers of the next generation of professional wrestlers, but you can't make it a priority to work out once a day or maybe clean up your diet a little bit so that you're not overweight before you show up. Yeah. And, and more important than that, you, you you're putting your life in someone else's hands. Who knows uh, who you're really going to step into the ring with. They could easily just point it myself or Dave and say, okay, you're with JT do this. It's like, okay. Um, yeah. Um, that's like an inch away from paralyzation if you don't know what you're doing or heaven forbid i get winded and you're over my head like it it, it it's literally just I, I that's one thing i could never fathom even doing it it's like okay i need to trust the person that's in here but more importantly i need to know that this person got the proper training they they didn't go out on the trampoline in their backyard and say hey i'm a professional wrestler which no disrespect a lot of people have done, unfortunately, and think that they can do it and jump in there. But it, it you went to, I, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You went to one of the best schools that there is because th this person's at the top of their game. They're PWI's wrestler of the year, which is a huge honor that not many people can say that they've even been on the list. But to say that they're number one twice, twice at that. It is a huge honor, and, and yeah. you're learning from him. So if people aren't taking it seriously, if they're not walking in there with the mentality that I'm going to make the best of the situation, and they're not going that extra mile to make sure, then get no disrespect to them and anyone that's in your that was in your class. But seriously, just get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. When I signed up for that, I knew who I was signing up for my wrestling training with, and I knew if I wanted to learn. I wanted to learn from the absolute best, not because I thought, oh, I'm going to sign up and I'm going to be a pro wrestler and I'm going to go to NXT real quick and I'm going to be in the WWE in no time. No, 
I wanted to learn from someone who was at the absolute top of the game. And they were at the top of the game of the place that I eventually want to end up. So if Tuesday or Wednesday rolls around and he's in the gym, he goes, hey, guys, anybody got any questions? And I'm like, yeah, man, I saw Raw. Can you tell us about this? Can you tell us about travel? Can you tell us what we should focus on nowadays? Sure, you're going to hear um, small things that you should just focus on in your everyday life to be a better professional wrestler. But when it comes to the machine of the WWE, he's there. He knows about it, and he can relate to us, and he can tell us about it from a very true person because he doesn't bullshit stuff. He wants to tell people, this is what goes on. This is what you can expect. If you want to be a better professional wrestler and you want to end up in the WWE someday, you know what? Then you need to wrestle. You need to practice promos. You need to make sure that you look like a professional wrestler. And I can give you advice, and I can tell you what you might be doing right and what you might be doing wrong. And currently, I'm at the top of the game, and I'm the fucking shit when it comes to the world of WWE. So I might know what I'm talking about. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. But when I look at him... I knew from day one where I was going when I saw him win that title for the first time at WrestleMania 31. Yep, if I can learn from that guy, why the fuck would I not? Why am I not there right now trying to start my career? Yeah, and just kind of going back to your original statement, here's an individual that's coming in there that most people when, especially if I get off work, like, yeah, I record a podcast one once in a while, but... Many people, if they have time off, like they they don't want to go back to work. But here's this individual that's like, you know what? I'm not going to be around forever, so I'm going to train the next. I'm essentially well. I I hate to use this term, but the next me. And, and here he is, opens up a wrestling school. You're learning from him. You're picking his brain. Literally, you watched him on TV the night before, and. Who's got questions? Yeah, explain this. Explain this. Why did you do this and not this? Why did you, why did you utilize this move and not this? Move? Like, just having that at, at your disposal is bar none above most other training that you can find in this country. So, kind of fast forwarding through the beginning processes, you you come into it, you go through training. Now it's your time to truly venture out and become. The, the six-star booty JT energy, how did you come up with this character? Now, just from the conversation we've had, it, it doesn't seem like a character. It just kind of seems like you, but <laughs> yeah, like what steps did you take and, and who did you kind of reach out to to essentially come up with this character? Well, I think I think that's the, the hardest part. You want to figure out who you are, and everyone always tells you, your your personality of who you are in the ring it's usually what you actually have inside you but if you were to make it something out of this world if you were to take everything that's inside you that you like but turn it up to almost like a circus like level or like a movie star type level something that you couldn't get away with your everyday life if you want to dance how do you take dance to another level and put it into a ring if you like fashion how can you stand out and put it into a completely different way? Those are the things where I go, okay, who am I? Like, am I a piece of shit? Am I a really great guy? And you you start to kind of fight with yourself on where you're going to turn and how your career in professional wrestling is going to take you. But with me and my nine to five life and everything I've lived and everybody knows me as this great guy and good guy and all this other stuff, 
all I have all this other stuff built up inside me that is just a really bullshit piece of shit person who never gets to come out and I have to hold up and bottle everything inside. And I had all those things in my life that told me I could never be a pro wrestler. And I thought to myself, you know what? How about I tell everybody to shove it? And I'm the guy who comes out and says, actually, I can do this. And I'm better at everybody else at what I do. And no one can touch me because I am this six-star duty. And no one works harder or looks better than I do. And And then I got to kind of suck what I thought. I was and what my professional persona was into who I thought I was. So with every single match and every year that passes, the six star booty and who JT energy is evolves into one form or another. And I kind of think I'm figuring out what I kind of am and who I am, but it's always an evolving thing. And I love it. It's such a cool aspect of being able to live my life through a character who I am and that, you know, it's something I've never seen and I still never see on a week to week or month to month basis on the independent wrestling scene. No, and anyone that's seen your character would know that it, you kind of go on to like a spinal tap level. You come out now, depending if you're coming out with a tag team and you're, you're coming out with vicious and delicious to genuine pony and you're literally grinding on every single person that's booing you just to get a rise out of them. And and that's an art form in itself because here's these people that are literally coming in there just to boo you and you you got this smile from ear to ear. You walk up to them and you're literally just doing everything that you can to aggravate them and then you go and you, you win the match in, in as well that just aggravates them even more but let, let's face it, they're going to come back next time because they want to boo you even harder. They want to see you lose so... Kudos to you, kind of taking it to a spinal tap level, turning yourself up to eleven, and just kind of letting it roll from there. Yeah, I, I've, I've in everything, in every interview or aspect or whatever I've ever talked about as far as being a professional wrestler, I always make sure that I kind of tell everybody one thing, and that's I don't care that if you want to boo me or you want to like me or whatever you want to do, that's that's everybody's own personal interest and what they want to show up and they, how they want to be a fan. But what I do want is when people leave whatever show I am wrestling on, I want you to go home and think to yourself, man, JT Energy was fucking ridiculous. That is the guy who stood out to me last night because he was crazy. No one else looked like him or moved like him or said the things he did. That's what I want. I want you to go to work on Monday and tell your friends that you went to a pro wrestling show and there's this guy and he's a real piece of shit and he was spraying himself with a water bottle and was just disgusting and I'm not sure if he's straight or if he's gay or I don't know what, but you got to come with me next time because I want to watch this guy get his ass kicked again. That's what I want. Yeah, That's it, what I want out of professional wrestling. Yeah, and these people could literally be spending their money on anything. They they can go to, I mean, they can take significant others out to dinner. They they can go out to the club and dance the night away like you used to just to get your cardio. Exactly. There's nothing that says that they need to go to a wrestling show, but now they have a reason to. And you're giving them that reason. So it, it, it's definitely working because the following that you have, whether they 
absolutely despise you or they actually love you deep down inside, it, it's definitely working. But obviously, you've made a name for yourself in singles and in tag team competition. But I, I want to take kind of a weird turn at this point. And I want to know the craziest road story that you have, whether it, it, you were involved in it firsthand or you heard about it in passing, whatever it may be. I need the craziest road story at this point. Well, I think to me, like the craziest road story um, that I touched, I kind of kind of touched on last time and we related to a lot of uh, different little things over it. But to me, oh, we're still going to touch on it. Yeah. The cra- I mean, the craziest thing to me personally, as far as like a road story and getting in the car and like having a, just a fucking experience was when me and my buddy got to go to, uh, it was WrestleMania 33, uh, Orlando, correct? Yes. That was okay. 33. Yes. Yep. Orlando. So black and brave is going to be at WrestleCon. They're going to have some merchandise, but we need somebody to go down there and get the merchandise. So it's me and one other guy. So we're going to drive from Iowa and we're going to go all the way down to Florida doing it in the car. And because I'm a control freak, I'm going to go ahead and drive the first, I don't know, three fourths of this journey, uh, which most people would be like, okay, you're insane. Because your ass is asleep, your arms are tired, but you're such a control freak, dude. You just got to drive and you got to go, 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 go. And if you just keep going and you listen to every single mix CD that you made in high school and you just talk and you book everything, eventually the time will pass. So my crazy ass drives, I think, 12 or 13 hours almost straight. Then we finally stop. I want to say, I don't know, I think the first stop on the trip was like at a Waffle House. Um, because I was told, Hey man, once we hit, uh, once we hit our first waffle house, that's where we got to stop. So we did, I think it was probably right around Nashville. Um, so I had my first waffle house on that trip. Um, unless I'd had one earlier in life, but I don't give a shit if I did. It was the experience about it that I was living with this guy. Uh, his name is Sandra Killen. He's also another black and brave graduate, but we drive down there. He, he, he takes the, the next leg of the drive, which is a handful of hours. I wake up. He's tired. I'm a little rested. I say, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and get behind the driver's seat again. Let's just get there. So I drive another huge chunk of hours. So overall, I do the bulk of the driving because I'm insane. Um, yes. we get to Orlando. Um, and we have to pick the shirts up from somebody we don't know. We just have an address and we're like, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and go to this dude's house and knock on his doorbell. And we'll say, we're here to pick up the black and brave, uh, merchandise. So we do cool guy chat with him a little bit. We get on our way. Then what do we realize? It's, it's the guitar player from a day to remember when we don't nice. even know. Yeah. So we're like, oh, my God, we just picked up all the Black and Brave merchandise from a Day to Remember singer. And we didn't even know it. So another cool little aspect to our story. We get to go to uh, all these independent wrestling events because now we're at WrestleCon. We're in the building that WrestleCon is at. And all the stars I got to meet, all the people that I got to meet, and I wasn't meeting them as a fan now. I was meeting them as one of their peers. 
So it meant and felt like such a, a cool thing because I was shaking people's hands as a wrestler. Maybe they didn't know that, but I knew that. And so being there for the experience of the independent side of professional wrestling, not WrestleMania, had so many things in itself, which I'll never forget. And man, so Sunday rolls around. We've had a hell of a weekend when it comes to pro wrestling. We don't have tickets to go to WrestleMania. We need to get back because we both got to work. We got to make that long ass drive back. So we go ahead. We get in the car that morning and start driving back. Of course, WrestleMania is going on. I can't help myself. So I'm reading the spoiler. And then, of course, I run across that the Hardy Boys came back and I lose my fucking mind. But my friend is just packed the fuck out. And it's so dark, and I'm just like, I can't wait for you to wake up. I have to tell you what just happened. <laughs> I, I got on the WWE Network. I watched the entrance, and I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. This is the best thing in the world. Because a couple a couple days earlier, I just saw Matt and Jeff Hardy versus the Lucha Brothers. I saw them get get to wrestle Phoenix and Pentagon. And at that period of time, I can't even – I couldn't even appreciate what Phoenix and Pentagon were going to turn into and what they are nowadays. Oh, yeah. I mean, the Hardy Boys got to wrestle them that weekend. They got to wrestle the Young Bucks that weekend. And then they roll into WrestleMania, and then they steal the show. Seriously, just steal the show. And by the time that we drove our happy asses back to Iowa, we both got home. I dropped him off. I went back to my apartment. Both of us did the exact same thing. We went, we turned on WrestleMania, watched that whole fucking show, and then passed out for 12 hours, and then got our asses back to our normal lives before uh, before we you know lost our jobs. Because the most important thing was we didn't get to go to WrestleMania, but based on what we read, we both of us had to watch that show. The whole thing from start to end, then we'll get our sleep. Then we'll try to go back to our everyday lives. Now, so how that, No, I'm sorry, continue. No, you're good. I would say that experience on the road, I don't know. In, unless I decide that me and another brother, we're going to get booked in, I don't know, China or England or something like that or Australia right now, that road story just absolutely takes the cake. And me and that dude are closer for all those hours we spent in the car with one another to go ahead and have that experience. Oh, yeah. Well, un and like I, I've told you before, but we didn't say it on the air I had a similar experience with WrestleMania 33, whereas I drove down, but we were doing the full week. Now, I didn't stop at uh, the lead singer of A Day to Remember, because, no offense, I, I would have noticed who he was, but uh, th that's a story. Dude, I'm way, way to twist the knife, man. I'm, I'm not twisting a knife. <laughs> he realized it afterwards, but I, I'm a huge Day to Remember fan, but uh, digressing. Digressing. So, so I decided that... I was going to go to, my wife luckily allowed me to go to WrestleMania 33, and I went with a group of friends. Well, I was going to book a flight, and my friend reached out to me like a few months in advance, was like, look, I can't afford a flight, would you mind just driving? My wife is flipping me off behind my back, it's fine. <laughs> she was. I know she was, I know her too well, we've been married for how long? Come on. Of course she's flipping me off, but, so he convinces me, hey, we're going to drive down. It, would you mind driving? I'm like, you know what? It's good if we just have a car down there. So, yeah. Like, if I don't want to be somewhere, I can just leave. Like, I don't need to be, like, stuck somewhere. 
So I drive from Cleveland, Ohio, down to Columbus, where he lives. Pick him up. Oh, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know this story. I know, I know this story. It's fine. It's coming out now. Full circle right now. Never told the story on the air. Full circle. Full circle. No corners. No. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Not like a triangle. No. Like triangle, a triangle has has three sides. A circle. No end. No beginning. Like a rectangle. Like a rectangle. <laughs> Move on from the circle, man. <laughs> so, so I pick him up. We start driving. I drive. From, and like I, I left Cleveland probably around like 8 p.m. on Wednesday, and we get down and it's about like 4:30 in the morning. I I can't even keep my eyes open anymore. So we pull into a gas station. I'm like, look, man, you got to take over. Like you got to drive. He's like, all right, man, no, it's cool. Like I'll I'll take over for a little bit. I'm like, all right, man. Like, and we were in my car. Like I'm very anal retentive about my car. I don't let anyone drive my car. Like, I rarely let my wife drive my car if I'm in the car. Like, I, I just, I like to drive. Yep. So I'm like, all right, like, look, like, don't kill us. But for, like, if you kill us, just don't ruin my car. Like, <laughs> plain and simple. So we go to pull out of the, the parking lot of this gas station. And he's looking. And I'm like, you're good, right? Like, you, you've, you've slept enough. Like, you're good. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. He's looking right, but to the left, there's a fucking semi coming right at us, and he pulls out of the parking lot. I literally, like, jump forward. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to kill us. Like, pull over right now. We didn't even leave the parking lot yet. I'm like, pull over. He's like, bro, you got to sleep. I'm like, I ain't sleeping now. Like, Son of a bitch. I just saw my life, and, like, I really haven't experienced a whole lot. Like, yes, like, I've lived a good life, but... There's a lot more to this right now. Like, get the fuck out of the car. I'm driving. So I drive yeah. the rest of the way to Orlando. We roll in and go right to access. Then I have to drive a half an hour back to my cousin's house. Now, at this point, I've been I, I've been awake for probably about 37, 38 hours. I'm slap happy, grandpappy. I walk into this. Like, don't you? You wouldn't get it. But anyway. We roll into my cousin's house. The Mind you, this guest house is bigger than my current house is. So I'm never leaving at this point. So trying to go to any independent shows was already like talking. Oh, I remember those pictures. Oh, my God. That was so great. I can't wait to go back. But fast forwarding to there, we get to WrestleMania. I see the Hardy Boys. uh, I, I see the Hardy Boys return. We're supposed to go to Monday Night Raw the next night. I call my buddy to make plans, at which point... He never mentions to me, he did slightly the night before, that he had to work on Wednesday, and he had to open on Wednesday. Now, when we made these plans, like, Cause you were gonna this do was both, months. You, you were going to do both. Raw and time. SmackDown, yeah. We, that was the whole plan the whole time. We had tickets for both events, and he tells me he has to open on Wednesday. So he's already here. Yeah, so... Unbeknownst to me, I didn't find out until my one buddy's girlfriend texted me, wow, that was shady what he just did. Well, I just like, like this text just comes out of nowhere. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, did I miss something on Twitter? Like, did someone, did someone else quit? Like, before we had an opportunity to see him, like CM Punk did? Yeah. Like, when he quit in Cleveland the, that night we were at Raw? But, yeah, that's another story. But I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, and then she's like, Yo, he booked a flight home. 
I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, he messaged his dad at WrestleMania and had him book him a flight home so he wouldn't miss work. I literally call him back. I'm like, you didn't think to fucking mention this to me? I'm in Orlando, Florida. I drove down here for you, and you book a flight home? So, literally, I lose my shit at this point. I have to, at that point, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to go to to Raw by myself. No, you know what? I am. And I stand out in front of the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida, and I'm holding up a ticket, screaming to people, look, whoever wants a free ticket, you can sit next to me. All you have to do is put up with my uh, obnoxious obsession with the Hardy Boys and my love for Seth Rollins, whoever wants a ticket. It, like, Luckily, someone did like sit next to me. Like, They moved up a little bit. but They didn't know any better. I had to give away my uh, – like, I had to sell the tickets for SmackDown at the same point. I'm driving home, and just like JT, I get the spoiler that the one person I wanted to see debut debuted on SmackDown, and I was utterly livid at that point, and that was Shinsuke Nakamura. When yeah. yeah, when he was on top of the world and not like the Shinsuke of today. But anyway, I had to drive from Orlando, Florida, I, dude. I re- to clear and go figure. You and I talked on the phone for three fucking hours. I don't even. Yeah, it may not have been that long, but I remember no, that being we a had solid. It was at a least solid, solid conversation. Hour. Yeah, like of this motherfucker. Oh my god, you're not gonna believe like, what this motherfucker did to me. And then we talked for like three hours after yeah. that point, and I was like, I ended the phone call with, well, thank you, Dave. You and I just passed through North Carolina, so I will see you <laughs> soon. And then I just hung up the phone. Like, nothing, like we got through the whole state of North Carolina together. So Yeah, we did. Still a great trip. I would go back, but needless to say, if I drive... Um, no. 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 It would be Detroit. Like, if WrestleMania's in Detroit, that's what I would do. Yeah. I'm I'm not dri- if I'm going anywhere like I'm yeah Detroit yeah We're Detroit drive to Detroit yeah I'll drive to Detroit when WrestleMania is back in Detroit but so yeah, when I, it's back in the Superdome when it's back in the Superdome yeah <laughs> hell yeah get back to the Superdome already so uh, I got a couple more questions for you obviously we don't want to take too much of your time so first and foremost JT you found great success on the independent circuit everyone that we've talked to that has worked with you has been on shows they they have nothing but positive things to say about you. Especially the Storm, Tony Storm, formerly known as Tony Storm, was high praises about you from the second that we even asked who we should have on the show next or who would he recommend, like without even hesitation, JT Energy right off the bat. So I I have to ask, what's next for JT Energy? Well, I, I do want success quickly, but I also don't want to not earn what I want in the end. So I'm not printing to try to get where I want to be because I know if I just follow the path that I've already created, that I'll get to where I want to be eventually just by keeping my head down and doing the right things and it give it, you know, earning the opportunities that I'm trying to get. I would love to slowly but surely move my way up the independent wrestling scene across the United States, because right now it's absolutely flourishing. And the people in the companies like WWE and AEW and ring of honor and gosh, even TN or impact wrestling, those people have, they have their finger on the independent scene and the independent scene nowadays is the breeding ground 
to the start of stars of tomorrow. So over the couple next years of my life, I want to move into those bigger markets and wrestle those people that are better than me so I can become better and I can earn my way into the business that I so that I love really with all my heart. And I want to give every ounce of me to it, but I want to do it the right way. Um, and I know that sounds like just a real bullshit type thing, but I, I don't, I don't want to play games to try to get where I want to be. I don't want to kiss ass over and over to get where I want to be. I want to do the right things in front of the right people and show them that I absolutely care for the product that we all kind of put our bodies on the line for and say, Hey, I'm here to be the best thing I can for the product that you're looking to put on so that we all have another show to come to next month. And I want you to invest into me what I want to give to you. So there's companies around the Midwest like AAW Pro and Freelance Wrestling um, and Warrior Wrestling around here. Up in Minnesota, there's First Wrestling. There's a great group down in Kansas City called Journey Pro. I mean, there's some really great independents all across um, the world right now. And I'm just looking to get my teeth uh, cut my teeth in all of them, take every opportunity I can and make the most out of it. So that way people can't deny me of what I, I want to take from this business. Cause it, you know, this business doesn't owe professional wrestlers or independent wrestlers anything. Um, but that doesn't mean I can't grab independent wrestling by the throat and say, I want this and I'm not going to take no for an answer. And I need to know what I need to do for the next step to say, Hey, if you didn't like me today, what can I do tomorrow to make sure the next time I show up here, I'm worth your time and I'm also worth your money so I can make your show the absolute best professional wrestling show that can be put on today. Now I have, I guess, uh, I guess it could be, a, uh, just well, ask away. Just ask away. Now, obviously you want to become like, you want to get into bigger promotions, more, like markets. A, more markets around the country. I'll leave it to, let's just say, top three. Who are, let's say, the top three the top three people that you currently are looking to engage with? Or work with. Yes, thank you. Uh, like companies? No, individuals. Individuals. Like, are, oh, there, yeah. are there three individuals that it's like, man, I would love, I would love to square up with them? Um, the people that are on the independent scene that, you know, I don't because nowadays like there there is some smaller companies but there's really some people that stand out to me on what the absolute bar for independent pro wrestling is right now um in the different forms of what independent pro wrestling can be um i would say at the very top of my list to me the king of the indies and the man who has already given me one opportunity would be sammy callahan um, Sammy Callahan is the draw and he is an absolutely amazing, uh, independent wrestler, someone who is, you know, got into impact wrestling and has had a little brief stint in NXT. And what I see that he does for the wrestling revolver in AAW here in Chicago, Sammy Callahan is someone who you go to battle with, and you have an absolute fucking war in that ring. 
And at the end of that war, if that man knows that you gave everything that you could to him, then you have respect. And something like that is all I would ever want. But Sammy Callahan is someone who, to me, is just absolutely fucking amazing. Um, on the other side of that spectrum, someone who has a completely different style and is the king of the Indies in his own right is Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan would be someone I would absolutely love to be in the ring with someday. Not necessarily to have, you know, a five-star wrestling match or do, do crazy things, but to have a creative, entertaining, amazing match that would be able to invoke people's emotions and still have just the time of my life, man, it'd be a completely opposite match, I think, of what I would have with uh, Sammy. But Joy Ryan would just be absolutely amazing to be in there with. Man, and last had, person. And if You're had, probably going to piss off a lot of people if you don't mention them. <laughs> He's speechless. I don't... There's so... I don't know. There's... Just spitball some. You don't have to give explanations or anything. Just spitball yeah. a couple. You know what? There's... There's there's some people that I've had seminars, that I've taken seminars from, that I would also like to get in the ring with. Um, I had the chance to take an Austin Aries seminar, and I would love to be in the ring with Austin Aries because what that what that guy taught me in a couple hours i would be completely blown away if uh i had the opportunity to step in the squared circle and have a match with him now the man that uh recommended me to this podcast who i had my first match in central empire wrestling with the storm i have only had a chance to touch that man in a ring really in a singles match like one time really and that was a long time ago wow and he has given me a lot of knowledge from what he's done in independent professional wrestling and to a couple years later be able to square up with him again and if he thought i was good enough at that time period i would really love to watch how much he's grown and also show him how much i've grown in the time period of being an independent professional wrestler. Because if he had enough faith in me a year ago that he was putting my name out on the independent circuit telling you guys, hey, you know what? I think you should talk to this kid. I would love to show him that him putting my mouth into his to tell other people that they should go out of their way to talk to me. I want to prove to him and show him that that wasn't bullshit. And that every time he's ever talked about me, it was duly noted and worth it that he was talking about me for the right reason that I wanted. Absolutely. So, and like we mentioned too, just high praises all across the board from him. But obviously, we don't want to take too much more of your time. If and hopefully over the course of the next year, and if we do touch base again in a year, hopefully those matches do happen or some of those promotions that you mentioned that we're seeing you on posters for. So, if you do want to follow along. Find out where you can find JT Energy next. You can follow them all across social media. Tag all in our photos, in our videos, everything. You can follow him right along and see exactly where he's going to be next. JT, we truly appreciate your time. Obviously, with everything that happened as well, taking more time 
out of your life to come back onto our show due to technical difficulties previously. And obviously, staying in contact with us over the course of the last year and not obviously blocking us, uh, we, nothing would praise you. So we wish you nothing but the best, but obviously best of luck moving forward as well. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that and the opportunity and platform that you give me a chance to speak and kind of spill my bullshit out and into the world tonight because you guys have been great and I've had a great time talking to you. Well, we appreciate you as well, and we're going to have you on. We're just going to do we're just going to do like two hours of just video game and sports bullshit the next time. <laughs> we're we're just going to do a spinoff. We're just going to call it like like. Deep, I, I don't deep, even, deep dive with JT energy. I like that deep I, dive with JT. I, I may have stole it from Conan, so we may have to redo that. Oh, like, like, I, I, I don't know. How about how about this one for you? Ooh, if we're, if we're gonna do if we're gonna do long conversations, how about we do fifty minutes of filth with JT energy? Sold, Ooh. sold, done. Speaking of, by the way, of <laughs> filth, did you see that? And I don't know if you're you're on board with this. Did you see that they're making a movie about Between Two Ferns? I please, did not. Please tell me that you watched Between Two Ferns no. with Zach. I know what you're talking about. They're making a movie? They right? made a movie about it. It looks oh. utterly hilarious. Oh, dear God. It's going to be on Netflix. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, it looks hilarious. Like, just the list of celebrities that are doing cameos in the movie. Dude, didn't he get Barack Obama once? Yeah, didn't he get? Oh my god! He, I my favorite uh, one. He had Hillary Clinton on and like just called her out on the emails. Oh, it was hilarious. He he goes like she's like oh well I, I I'm surprised I was even invited. He goes oh well we sent you an email a few months ago but it probably got deleted. <laughs> like oh my god! <laughs> like oh man, I am so looking forward to that movie. But I'm also looking forward to Fifty Minutes of Filth with JT Energy. So we're, we're definitely going to have to get that one on the books. But, JT, thank you so much once again. Again, thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. This is like an awesome early birthday present, like you giving me your PlayStation. I know. It's, it is a great birthday present from you to give me your money. Very true. <laughs> like it, I, I never said it was like for free or anything like that, but no, yeah, you're, you're introducing me back into the world of gaming. Now... You've provided me with PlayStation View. Which, honestly, I got from Todd. Oh, my so shout God. Out. No, Todd. Well, actually, this is mine, but Todd's the one who kind of, like, turned me on to it. Oh, gotcha. I, I thought you were stealing that, too. No. Because it's like it's like the <laughs> small group of friends that, like, that I share, like, all this other... Like, obviously, like, I pay for, like, Spotify. Yeah. And we have, like, Netflix that have, like, a couple different profiles. Like, my Spotify, like... I had to create it just from an incident that happened yeah. with one of my kids that <laughs> almost ruined like a like event that I was doing and I'm long story short I'm in a bathroom that's like 300 yards away from where the stage was that was playing music I'm in the bathroom and all of a sudden my song switches to George Thorogood Bad to the Bone and Nothing it just wrong with hit, that. no but the problem was you could quickly tell that my son was getting upset that the song wasn't playing on his end because the song just kept starting over and over and over. And then, like, it switched over to, like, Trolls at the time. Oh, and I'm God. Like, I'm running, like, literally, like, zipping up, like, as I'm, like, running across this field, 
Like, I get to the stage, and, like, the person that was helping me out, she's like, I don't know what's going on. The music just keeps changing. I'm like, my son's on my fucking Spotify account. I, like, literally, like, switch over. I, like, call my father-in-law. Like, I, I call my wife, who answered the phone. And I'm like, get Seamus off Spotify now. Like, <laughs> then Shannon, like, walks back up to my father-in-law. My father-in-law just looks at her and goes, uh, your husband called, and he's not happy. He said something about Spotify. And Shannon just goes, no! Like, god damn! Like, Literally already knew what happened in that moment, but first off, what we should have just gotten that like firsthand from her. Oh yeah, we we could have. I we're gonna have a cameo from my. Wife oh, we're deaf. This is gonna happen. It's it, gonna it be needs glorious. To. She says that she's just gonna roast me, which is honestly, pretty- we should just find a time when you're not here, and then just figure out your computer to get into it. I'm changing my password. Fuck. Yeah. You son of a bitch. You shouldn't have said anything, but on, she's like dude. chiming in from the background, dude. the peanut gallery over well, here. Well, I didn't think you'd be that big of an asshole. I, I am that big of an asshole. Please don't change your password. I'm not going to change my password. Love you. She knows my password, though. Good. So I just might change it. Please I don't, don't. know. Please no, don't. We're, we're, we'll think about I it. But you. what an interview, though. Oh, yeah. It was, that was fantastic. Y- it was unfortunate that you had to relive that wonderful day where uh, you came over here to watch WrestleMania, saw Seth Rollins cash in the money in the bank, but... If there was a WrestleMania to be at to experience, WrestleMania 31 definitely goes down as yeah. a top in, in my book, at least. Um, not necessarily like like top three or anything like that, but definitely up there. Yeah, with with some of the best WrestleManias and and one of the cool I, top, you look top at, 35. Yeah, top 35. <laughs> I'd give it that top 35, hands down. Top hands 35, down. top 35 overall. So, but. You saw a cash in at WrestleMania, which you really don't see, and, and nowadays you don't even see like worth. It barely gets. It barely gets out of freaking money in the bank. No, it really doesn't. I you put it on Brock Lesnar this past year, and then who who won the women's money in the bank this year? It was um, Bailey. Bailey, and then and the year before, and then in, in the year before Alexa Bliss, Same and she thing. cashed in that night. So two years in a row, it cashed in. The one, that yeah, night. I don't understand why they. Well, they had Carmella. Carmella she oh, held it she for held the it for almost almost a year. Yeah, and then almost the next a year. Two, oh, hey, you're not getting out of money in the bank. Uh, what? No. Yeah, and then the next. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But at WrestleMania, you saw the cash in from Seth Rollins. He, he wins yep. the championship. Yep. Uh, a, a kid from Davenport, Iowa, or Buffalo, Iowa, cashes in and, and wins. And go figure. Our guest, who is also from Iowa, is there in attendance to see small and gets town his, USA. Small town USA, my, I, indeed. So. We wish JT Energy nothing but the best, and we're we're excited as shit to have him back on. Oh, we are gonna oh, have some my God. fun things planned. I, I don't even want to say what we talked about once we stopped recording, but holy crap! Wait, let's let's ideas. just. I think this is something where it's like we can pocket this. We got a lot. Yes. Let's say we got some fun things coming. Oh, we have fun a- things coming. A little bit of a refresh. Let's call it a little bit of a refresh. Yes, coming. I, I'm liking it. I'm excited for that. Hell, we got we got our new we got our new gear. We we do. We have our new Again. we have our new yeah, we have Again our new, mention in it. Yeah, we yes. have our new equipment. We're going to have a kind of a fresh look, fresh intro. We're yes. going to have some fun things coming, man. I'm excited for that intro. I am excited oh, for that dude, intro. I I know we're I'm we're pumped. still we're still working on it. Yeah, but yeah. We're, we're working on the closing too. Uh, I mean, it's just a whole I new I still th- I still overall. think we need to we need to close out with a with, with a bang, bang today. And with I told bang? you I told you what what we need to close with. 
N- not today. No, not today. Not, no, not not what we were talking about, but just one certain one. Just one certain one. Yes, I, I agree with that statement. So. Especially leading into a... Yes, it's something particular, so I'm looking forward to it, and I think everyone is. They got a l- small little glimpse of it tonight. Obviously, it's Thursday. Yeah. And they got a small little glimpse of it. It wasn't a very entertaining game oh, at all. Oh, dear God. Yeah. NFL comes back this Sunday, so it's kind of like the WrestleMania of the NFL in no, a sense. No, it's not. I That's the Super Bowl. Opening day? Super, Opening day? Super Bowl is the WrestleMania. Super, yeah, the Super Bowl is the WrestleMania. Well, then you can't say that for the it, opening it's, day? I said it's like. No, it's not. Yeah, it It's like Christmas. Better. Better than Christmas. <laughs> I'll go Christmas. It is better than Christmas. It's so. it's. There are a couple days that feel like Christmas. Christmas. Christmas Eve. NFL season opener. Baseball opening. No, not not NFL season <laughs> opener. I'm sorry. What, what, what's that from the yeah, peanut what, gallery? What, what was that over there? It, was there something you wanted to chime in with? Please. Please. Please do share. Come on. Come on. What you got? Come on. What you got? Come on. Come on. Come on. It was mean. And yeah, that's oh, different, man. huh? Don't be mad at me. Okay. So we, we missed a lot. So uh, we missed a lot. There was a lot we didn't cover. Obviously, AEW with All Out this past weekend. Yep. Hell of a show. And, yeah. and some huge announcements to come. So not going to get into too much of the show, but hell of an event overall from top to bottom, even from the Battle Royale to begin. Uh, and now we know who is going to be fighting for the new AEW Women's Championship. Man. There is going to be AEW Tag Team Championships. And there is a new AEW World Champion, which unfortunately kind of saw a little bit of controversy with the belt being confiscated. They a little bit of bubbly. With a little, a little bit, bit of bubbly. bubbly. A little bit of the bubbly. Oh, my God. He he, he makes anything go over. Dude, I still love, I I, dude, I still love the Lou Bega one. That, I that one's the best. I love the Nookie one. I did it all I was, bubbly. I, did, I was not a fan of that one. It's still genius. Dude, Lou Bega, the Lou Bega one was so much better. Did you see the picture he posted earlier today? It was uh, He put his face over Kim Kardashian where she was... Uh, she popped champagne. Oh, and the champ- like It went yeah. over. And I did not put, see that picture, no. It's hilarious. His Instagram? It, it, it is Instagram. He like, right. put his face over uh, Kim Kardashian's body where the uh, champagne was going like over her head. And the glass was like perfectly still on her ass. Oh, it's great. Fantastic. But th- there's not a thing he can't get over. He got a little bit of the bubbly. Over, <laughs> he got a he got a list over. I mean, oh we, god damn it, dude, that is so that, weird. That's so great. <laughs> so weird. It's so great. Oh man. Yeah, like in the mi- and then in the middle of all that, post there's a new Fozzie video. Yes. <laughs> oh, and they did announce their next pay per view. They did. They did announce the next pay per view, and, and guess who was fighting at the next pay per view as well? We finally get to see the match that we didn't get to see at All Out. We get to see. Kenny Omega versus none other than John Moxley. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but I, I'm not complaining because the match between Kenny and and Pack was amazing. Is it Pack or Pac? It is Pack. It is Pack. It is Pack. Yes. Weird. Yes. Not really though. God, I can't believe Chris Jericho made a little bit of the bubbly shirts. I'm buying one. It said highest selling shirt in 24 hours on ProWrestlingTees.com. Why wouldn't you buy it? You bought a shirt that says Baker 216. Baker 216 says, I'm going to kick your ass on the football field. Yes. 
and then on the side. They, I think they totally missed out. That says Baker two sixteen says I just planted my flag. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, moving back into the AEW talk. Another oh, huge he would ne- he would never have that progressive. <laughs> I, I sent you sponsorship. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't have this progressive sponsorship at all. But moving back into AEW <laughs> talk, back into wrestling. <laughs> yeah, back into wrestling. We we've been all over the place today, but really shit, have. it's our show. But. A huge announcement. The first, uh, the the big match for Cody's first opponent on the new AEW television series. His first opponent was announced earlier today. Yes, I was. I was ecstatic for the news because obviously we'd like to see our former guest succeed. Yeah. And it was announced earlier today that Cody will be going one on one with the best ever, Sammy Guevara. On the first episode of AEW on TNT. There was so, something else that they were going to do that show, too, and now I'm... They're going to... Or is that where they're starting the tag team tournament? No, they're starting the tag team tournament, but the first ever AEW Women's Champion will be crowned on the first episode as well. That's what that is. Yeah. Okay, that so is So a lot... On. I thought they were pushing a lot that a little bit later. For. I'm sorry. Yeah. A lot to tune in for. I, I And I'm sure another big debut is going to happen that first night as well. Oh, there's going to be. You know it. But we saw the vignette on Saturday as ah, well. Ah, yes. Another huge congratulations. Huge. Very, very, very huge congratulations. Very huge. Huge. Congratulations going out to our very good friend Wardlow, who was just announced as the newest signee to All Elite Wrestling. So... Nothing but the best to him. Very proud. I I literally had like a sixteen year old girl freak out moment when that vignette came across. We we, we knew. I, I well, let's be it. on it. Let, let, we let's, can, we can let's pull back the curtain. Let's, make, let's pull back the curtain. We knew. Yeah, we knew. We have insider information. Yes, we did. And uh, when we saw him at a when we saw him at IWC, yeah, we even went up to him. We we're like, "Hey, man, we it's we like heard the we, news. We, 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 we know we can't talk, but like, yeah, we, we, good job. like we know." Good job. We like looked at him. We're like, "When is it going to be announced?" He's like, "I don't know, but just keep a lookout for it." Now it, it's really funny because now that things are coming out, there was a hint in um, being the elite. If you actually look at the dry erase board in the background in one of the scenes, uh-huh. it actually said on there, Wardlow Vignette. Was that how I found out? No. I found out a different way. Not going to say where, but a lot of people kind of got the inside scoop from there because if, you, if you're if you watching the person talk, you see in the background it says Wardlow Vignette. So I'm sure that's how a lot of people... There. Yep. Probably. It, probably not, or they... Who knows what happened? But yeah. congratulations regardless. Going out to Wardlow, getting signed by All Elite Wrestling. Now that's two IWC alum going along with Britt Baker who have been signed to All Elite Wrestling. And the roster itself, once again, we can't stress it enough, almost any single person on there could show up very soon in, yeah. in All Elite Wrestling, in Impact Wrestling, or in, in anywhere. NXT. Yeah, anywhere. So... Moving on from there, a lot of wrestling to cover, but at the same point, some individuals that are in this room right now have been drinking all day. Hey, I have not had a drink since about 7.15. It's 8.05. Shut up, Pat. Yeah. So, 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna let you go from here. I'm gonna go but home. We're we're gonna move along with the wrestling topic at a later date, hopefully early next week. But that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Just because of the upcoming events of this coming Sunday, we're gonna kind of switch things up and we're gonna let it out because we're gonna wake up on Sunday and we're we're gonna wake up feeling Feel a little dangerous. A little dangerous. Everybody have a great weekend. Shoving in the overdrive